Three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, October 31st. Happy Halloween to you. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. Live on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it better as the Big X. We are coming to you, as always, from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu for all your College of Business news and notes. Here until 6 o'clock today, we have lots to get to. I say that a lot of times as I throw away comment today. We actually have lots to get to. Less distraction today, less derailments, less, uh, you know, the typical Mike Rutherford show stuff. Less of that because there's just too much news uh, going on in the world of Cardinal Athletics to get to. We want to hear from you between now and then. Text us on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. While you're at it, as always, download that Refreshing Rewards app. We'll save you money every time you need to go inside or outside one of any of the 65,634 area Thornton's locations. It's going to save you money at the pump. going to save you money inside. Save you money wherever you go. Uh, we love our guys over at Thornton's. And we love you on the Thornton sex line at 502-414-1450. Packed house today. we got intern Patrick uh, still reeling from the manual loss on Friday, though. It's okay. He's, he's going to be fine. Uh, the the cards picked him back up on Saturday. They let him back down on Sunday. That's okay. Uh, Trevor Kelsey rocking his Eagles. Undefeated still. Jalen Hurts. Legend. 7-0. and Looking good. I wish he would have thrown a, a touchdown pass to somebody other than Brown yesterday, though, because I was playing him in fantasy, and it kind of killed me. But you are you're riding high today, TK. Looking I good. Am. Feeling good. Well, I mean, this is a Hurts jersey, though. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, I mean, I've got hurt to fantasy, and I was okay. playing somebody with Brown. I mean, so I mean, give me costume today. It's Halloween. Who, so who are you for Halloween? I'm Trevor Kelsey. You're Trevor Kelsey. And but Kelsey I'm spelled person. it K-L-C-E. Ah. I am the oldest and simpleton brother of Jason and Travis NFL stars. I like that costume. Mom smoked when she had me. That's fine. <laughs> she learned a lesson with Jason and Travis. You've got NFL stars. They made the NFL, but I'm like the Cooper Manning of the family. That's so all that matters. Yeah. you got NFL stars. This is Jason Kelsey jersey, actually. Hey, Trev, a skeleton walks into a bar. Yes. He says, yeah, I'll take a beer and a mop. Do you like that? <laughs> what does the bartender say? Gives him a beer and a mop. Because it's going to go right through him. He's got no skin. Oh! He's got no skin. The beer's going to go right through you him and on the floor. explain it to me. It's funnier that way. You know the zombie got so good at trick-or-treating? How? Dedication. <laughs> That's all I got. I got no more. You've been eating Laffy Taffy's at the house. <laughs> no, that's, that's all I got. That's all I got. Uh, happy Halloween to everybody listening. Hopefully, you're going to get out there with the kiddos tonight if you have kiddos. Or if you are a kiddo, you know, Are you a whatever. pumpkin today? What are you dressed up as? I'm dressed up. I'm Campbell County Campbell's. I got the, I got the Halloween socks going. 
I'm feeling good, looking good. I'm excited. I mean, Patrick is, he's what, uh, McCool, the walk-on? He's Aiden McCool. Is that who he's Aiden McCool. Is I mean, he's, he's Josh Lifson. <laughs> he's Josh Lifson. <laughs> he did go in the locker room on Saturday and get a picture with our guy, Josh Lifson. That's who he is. Is that who that was? Yeah, you didn't know yeah. who it was? No, I just thought it was a random dude. No, he sent us a picture with a random player. <laughs> yeah. It was Josh Lifson, our boy. Mike Rutherford show favorite. I told you when you that, that our, our listener posted a picture of him and Lipson and him in the jersey. I really did not know which one was Lipson still. Lipson Nation is expanding <laughs> day is. by day. Uh, so we have plenty to get to today, and you know what we're talking about. Saturday, I don't want to start off on a sour note because this is I'm going we're going to lead with our best foot forward, which is football, and the overwhelming enthusiasm that resulted from Saturday's win. But I, I do have to say this at the right at the outright. Can we not just have one straightforward, like overwhelmingly good weekend? Is it too much to ask that we win our exhibition game over a bad D2 team so we don't have to come in here and, and do some woe is me talk for at least a portion of the show? And we will try to minimize that, but there are things that need to be said on the men's basketball front. But obviously, it was a fantastic Saturday, a less good Sunday. But we're going to talk about it all. We want to hear from you. We're, we're going to make that happen. TK, what's your mood o- overall like going into this Monday? Because I'm still, despite what happened yesterday afternoon, despite the fallout from that, despite seeing some of the things that I've seen this morning, I'm still feeling good. I'm still riding the high of Saturday afternoon at Cardinal Stadium. It, it was like the, the weekend for Louisville sports was kind of like tonight with trick-or-treating when you go out. We got one one house, we got like a king-size Kit Kat bar, and the other one we got raisins. And that's how it kind of was. I would have taken raisins. I don't, I don't, ra- raisins, you know all the people that are like, are like they're going to put fentanyl. This is the fentanyl candy. This was, the, this was what we got on Sunday. Is the fentanyl part of the – that's bad, right? Fentanyl's bad. Okay. You don't, don't, you don't want to do it. I didn't know we were just handing out drugs. It's the razor blades. Now. And, well, they're not. That's the thing. But like, yeah, there has to be some gigantic fear every Halloween. No, no fentanyl dealer is going to take all this money. These are expensive drugs. I'm not going to yeah, give them away to seven-year-olds for free. Yeah, for it's not fun. the way it works. <laughs> It's not the way it works. Uh, so let's talk. Let's get right into it. Yeah. No, no messing around. So today. let's go in chronological order then, so we can be happy then sad. Yes. Okay. And then we'll. Even though I'm not exactly is jumping off the jo- the bridge about the exhibition game like a lot of people are. Okay. We'll we'll get there. We're gonna get there. But I I do think we need to lead with football because one, it's the more important game. It's a game that counts. It it's a it was a top ten opponent. I think it dra- dramatically shifts the landscape of not just this season but the overall Scott Satterfield era and two it was it's way more fun to talk about first it's more important more fun no-brainer let's talk about Louisville beating the absolute pants off of Wake Forest I tell you what we don't win top 10 games we mentioned this on Friday show which by the way (laughs) let me also apologize for Friday show because oh good lord we I listened to a little bit of the people like play, play the audio clips for me. I didn't realize how bad it was when we were doing because we can't hear ourselves. We, we don't yeah. know what's going on there. Pu- we sounded perfect to us. So to us, mean. it sounded great. And and I do realize like, like Jay was in here shooting the commercials this afternoon. He's like, the worst part was it was cut. It would cut out right when you were about to say something important. Like you did. I gave the whole spiel about how if you went into Oxmoor Ford, you could save five hundred dollars or on your, your your vehicle or your trade-in by saying, and every time I said it, Jay was like, it would cut out every single time. You're like, just say, it was Big X Sports. <laughs> but every time I was about to say it, it was like, it would cut out on the radio. So it was like, what, what, what do we have to say? We were driving around like, what do I say? <laughs> I'm desperate for this $500 trade-in. But uh, so our apologies for the technical difficulties there. Although if it's going to result in 27-point beatdowns of top 10 teams, maybe we just need to make that an every Friday type deal. But Wake Forest comes to town. And the, the spread is deceivingly low in our eyes, right? Three and a half, oh, yeah. three, depending on where you are. You and I are both of the same belief, which is 
I, I don't understand what the betters are seeing. I don't understand what all these advanced analytic models are seeing. This seems to me like our two-week run of luck is going to run out. Wake's the better team. Our defense has has yet to prove this against a real high-quality offense, and our offense has been just abysmal lately. We're not set up to win a shootout here. I think Wake wins fairly comfortably. I think we both picked about a 10-point 10, 10 victory for, for Wake. I'm glad the show actually probably no one heard it because I think I went on m- multiple rants saying that to even contain Wake Forest, you're, you're going to have hope to hold them just around 30. Yeah. I mean, I think we both we both kind of agree. Like, oh, you, there, there's no way you're holding this team under 30. Points. I didn't think it was possible. They had it hadn't happened all season. No. Yeah, although that pick segment crystal clear there at the end. We, we <laughs> I, think, I think we did well too. I think I I gained two of them at least on you. I believe. I know you gained. We well, got the high school game. Thanks, Patrick. <laughs> you got mail over manual, <laughs> and I think you did get another one. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, Kansas State. You picked K State. Yeah. Do I have that in my notes? Because yeah, I bragged about uh, Deuce, uh, Deuce Vaughn. Not only did they win, they rolled. I don't have this. This is the wrong page. But I, I'll Unfortunately, I kind of, the only thing that sucked about Kansas State's win is it did take away from our win because that's everybody was like, this top 10 team got destroyed, but then this top team got beat 48. It, doesn't take, it, does, it does not take away from yeah, our win. I'm, I'm not, I'm not letting K-State rain on our parade. Yeah. <laughs> so little Manhattan. we both think you know this is kind of – it's set up it, – it's a tough spot for Louisville to be in. Oh, no. What I liked most about this win is that the first half was so just hair-pulling out, mind-numbingly frustrating. It felt like every bad first half that we've experienced in the Scott, Scott Satterfield era. It felt like the la- it certainly felt like last year's Wake Forest game. You're settling for field goals. You're getting crap calls against you by the ACC refs in a Wake Forest game. You're not taking self-inflicted stuff. You're not taking advantage of the breaks that you do get. And we go into the break down by a point, and I think everybody had the same thought at that point in time, which is we've we've done this song and dance a million times. Of course, we're going to be competitive in the second half. We'll probably get a lead at some point. And then something's going to happen in the fourth quarter that breaks us. We're going to lose a close game, and we're all going to look back at this first half and say, we should have been up by two or three scores, and that's what cost us the game. The... I mean, awful non-overturned touchdown catch by the Banks kid where Keto Clark forced the ball to the ground. The awful pass interference call on Clark where, where you know, face guarding is not a rule in college football anymore. He didn't make contact with him. The not holding call where the dude has his arms like fully wrapped around him. The not giving us the fumble on Sam Hartman when they called you know, forward progress for some unknown reason. All of that, that stuff. That was a little questionable. I thought it was yeah. terrible. Uh. All of that stuff. And then us, at the very end of the game, a non-existent holding call on a field goal that forces James Turner to try to make a field goal for three straight times. And, he, of course, he misses the third one. Uh, we go into the break losing, and you're like, man, it's not our day. We're getting reamed again. This is going to be yet another frustrating Saturday in a three-year span that is chock full of frustrating Saturdays. And not only does Louisville flip that narrative on their head, they flip it over like 15 times in their head. A 35 to nothing third quarter where they force a team that came into Saturday with five total turnovers on the season. They forced them into six turnovers in that quarter alone on their way to forcing them to eight turnovers overall. Scott's D, all up in your face. Uh, we love we love Scott's D. We love it. We love it on the show. Oh, it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. I mean, the records, we're going to get to the, the, the numbers that they set in that third quarter and, and the entire game overall. But... I mean, I've, I still sit here now, almost 48 hours after it happened, and I'm like, did that really Did that really happen? Every time I'm looking up, there's a ball on the ground. Every time I'm looking up, a, a cornerback is jumping a route and taking it the other way. And we and like, there were like three turnovers that almost happened that didn't. It was just, 
I've never seen a quarter. It may be the best quarter in the history of Louisville football. Short of, well, does like the, the Charlotte game count? Not really. I mean, kind of. But I mean, I even mean, then, 35 to nothing. It was the, we're the only team in the last 15 years to force an FBS opponent into eight turnovers and a half. We are, I think it was the most points that we've scored in a thir- in a single quarter. We tied for the most points we've ever scored in a single quarter, which I love the, the game that we tied with. In 1913, we scored 35 points in the fourth quarter of a 100 to nothing win over Washington, Tennessee. Talk about unnecessary. 100 to nothing. We scored the most points in that game yeah, in the fourth quarter. Watch Tennessee watch that game. We're like, damn it. Dare you bring this up? Salt and old wound. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it was tied for the second most turnovers Louisville's ever forced in the game. Also, it's the most points that a uh, a team has scored in a single quarter against a top ten team ever. Tied for that, like all the records, all the numbers. It's outrageous what Louisville was able to do. And then maybe more importantly than any of that, and we mentioned this. I think intern Patrick actually was the first person to bring this to our attention. We now finally have the first three game winning streak over three FBS opponents in the Satterfield era. It feels like momentum is here. Please don't lose to Jamie Johnson. It feels like momentum is finally here. This was the one. This was the win. This, our seventh win over a top 10 team ever. These are not, these have been few and far between. Peak awkwardness though, right? It is. It it would be Roller Coaster Scott. It it may be peak. I mean. We can get there later in the week. (laughs) For now, we are riding high. We're five and three. We didn't just win this game. We annihilated these dudes. Dave Clawson said, I think we got our ass kicked. He, he used that term three times in his opening statement after the game, which I loved. I mean, the game was so far out of reach, he didn't have anybody to complain to. He he, he complained early on. He was doing his typical Clawson oh, well, thing. Oh, I saw, yeah. And then I don't know if it was Satterfield riding the refs going into the locker room at halftime, but whatever happened, just we took the refs out of the game. And the fact that we won so convincingly, it made me happy that all that stuff happened in the first half. Because I'm like, you should, ACC tried to screw us again against Wake Forest again, and not, they, they couldn't come close. I mean, if we, if we had been in if we'd been in, in, in Winston Salem again this year, they would have gotten a touchdown into the, the half and gotten four plays with that one second. You're not wrong. I, and I, if they if they had scored before the end of the half, I would have lost my. I, mean, they had, they had I would have one, I would have been I would have been on edge when, when they ran up to the line and had one second on the clock and it jumped to two. I'm like, what, what are we doing? We're at I know, home. I know. I know. We're home now. Now, granted, I know that was probably the right thing, but still. He did get tackled with two seconds left. Oh, I know. It was the right call. It was the right call, but still, I was, was, I, I was, I was, I was still going to lose my mind. I PTSD from last year, though. I mean, come on. So, I mean, also, we give Satterfield some credit. We do the Scott's D thing, jokingly. Brian Brown deserves certainly the, the line share of the credit. I don't know. Every time they showed him on TV, I was like, who's that guy? Unless, yeah. That, <laughs> that they it, were praising him heavily on they TV. They did keep showing him. And I was yeah. like, I, I was doing the joke thing where I'm like, just, just Satterfield's D. We all know it's, what's it's happening. It's Sad's D. Don't even bring up Louisville football before Scott's D to me. Like, I don't, all these UK fans, I, I made the, I couldn't help but do the rivalry joke Saturday night. I shouldn't have done it. I did it anyway. I was like, some teams, you know, in late October, they handle top 10 teams. Other teams in late October, they get blown out by top 10 teams. It's just, it's, it's football. It is what it is. I'm just making a statement. And of course, all these UK fans had the scores from the last three games. And I'm like, you know, it's honestly, it's disrespectful to even bring up pre Scott's D Louisville football to me. It, 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 it's of no consequence. Louisville didn't even exist until these last three games. It, it's like bringing up games when you had half a roster, injured teams. Like, we're a different team now. We're a different program now than we were a month ago. And it's all because Scott. 
took control of the defense. Um, By the way, joking. he officially he officially changed the spelling of his name. It's no longer S A T T. It's S A D D. That well, people. Some people have been making that joke in the comments for a long time <laughs> on our text line. There's some people who've been making that uh, who've been spelling it that way for a long while. But after the game, I thought this was I, I thought this was no small thing. I don't, I don't know if you've seen the video, but Josh Hurd goes in the locker room and takes the game ball. And he gives the speech about, you know, Scott Satterfield, this man's done a lot of things in his coaching career. There's one thing that he had not done before today, beat a top 10 team. Now he's done it. Like, place goes nuts. He gives him the yeah. ball. That felt like a significant Vote moment. confidence. It, it certainly felt like it was more than just a getting caught up in the moment of a celebration. It felt like a symbolic type moment where it was. Now, granted, everything changes if he loses out. If, if we go 5-7, and seven, <laughs> yeah, then I, I don't think this win's going to carry nearly as much weight. But it certainly felt like a... Josh Hurd saying, "Look, this was the, we needed to see this. Yeah. You're our guy. Let's keep this thing rolling." Like that to me, when I saw that clip, I'm like, "Okay, this this is more than just a celebrating a win over a top ten team. This is Hurd being like, I you know, I wasn't the one who chose to keep you, but you're selling me. Well done. Let's turn this into a let's national power. Let's, let's keep it rolling." Did you see me in the background of that video? I didn't see. I didn't know you. Well, I didn't know you were there until later in the day when you sent me the picture of you and Lifson. You can see me in the background. Off <laughs> back right. I watch it again, Patrick. <laughs> I can't wait to Stage do it. Jack Harlow. Patrick's concert, everywhere. I told you. I mean, he's like everyone has that one friend who just wears miraculously. Waldo, but where's Patrick? I'm like in text groups with one of my buddies who's like, you know, we'll be watching a game on TV, like some crazy game in Oregon. He's like, oh yeah, I'm on the field. I'm like, wait, what? We didn't. We even know you were out of the city. And that's gonna be Patrick in ten years. Uh, hell, it might be in like five years. It's him now, kind of. Uh, but Louisville, just an absolute ass kicking. I, I did think. I mean. The other thing after the game that I saw that I, I thought was was very notable was Trey Clark, who played tremendously, gets interviewed on the field and he's, he like breaks down in the middle yeah. of his answer, like gets very emotional, starts talking about you know nobody, although nobody believed in us type stuff, like we believed in ourselves and you know we've heard a lot of the noise and like can't get through the answer without starting to cry. Like you can see that this is this is weighed on everybody, and especially Trey Clark, who went into last season with All American accolades, gets hurt, comes into this season, people think he's just going to bounce back, had a very rough start to the season, and now is kind of playing like the guy that we expected him to be. This is, I think, that performance meant a whole lot to him. But it was just a man. We deserved a Saturday like like this. It's been a long time coming. We finally got one. I'm not going to let Sunday bring me down. Although we're going to talk about it, and I'll probably get brought down. But for <laughs> this football program to go from where it was after the BC game with everybody, including you and I, coming on here and being like, "It's done. It's over. We're going to play out the rest of the season." But we all know what's going to happen. He's gone. There'll be a new coach to where they are now, which is three straight wins over three teams that I think are all probably better than Boston College, besides maybe Virginia. Did you see Boston College lost what they did this weekend? Yes. I was 13 3 to UConn. Yes. I, I, I'm, aware, I'm very aware of what happened. To go from that place to where they are now, everybody deserves a giant tip of the cap. I, I can't give them enough credit. Um, I thought this Scott Satterfield was a dead man walking. I was wrong. Like, I think now. Don't get me wrong, it's still certainly in play that he could not be here next year, but hes it's more likely than not that he secured his job if he wants to be here for, for next season. Hopefully they can get this recruiting class intact. And now the path to 7-5 and five or potentially 8-4 and four is very much out there, and we can avoid the 6-6 six and six awkwardness. That can be not even a conversation. Do I, still, do I still have to keep Brian Brown? You do. But this is Scott's D. It is. I mean, you can't tell me. There's no way you can't tell me something hasn't changed. He said himself he was going to help with this D after the Boston College game. And suddenly his defense looks as, bad as, as good as it has in four years. 
I would like to, in all seriousness, because we do. There's no way Brian Brown suddenly woke up after four, three and a half years and was like, you know what? Maybe I will coach properly. I'd like to know because we, you know, we're making the jokes, but like, what did happen? Like, like there what, has to be something. Was it just because everybody's like, you know, well, they were pretty good outside of giving up big plays at the beginning of the season, which is true, but they still were giving up those gigantic plays to teams like BC and Florida State, who have just kind of whatever offenses, and then to go from that to holding Wake Forest, which is a much better offense than anybody we've played so far this season, to an output that they have not had in like four years with Sam Hartman and Dave Clawson running the show. I just, it has been a phenomenal turnaround. They're number one in the country in sacks now. They're number yeah. one in the country in turnovers forced. I mean, the They're number two in interceptions. I mean, the They're top ten in everything. Was, the defense line was getting pressure before these last three games, though, as well. Yes, and... and it, but the the back seven is, is where the difference has been. And, they've been great. And I just, I, yeah, there's no way you can't tell me to Brian just something like, you know what? I mean, Josh with you. Is this still a thing? I don't know. Maybe probably to him it is. Three and a half last couple of years. That's just been goofing with you here. Let's literally do. Let's show him we can really do. We just decided to start playing. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I it's Jordan, been. I mean, yeah, it's been a phenomenal. They they were everywhere. I mean, Yasir Abdullah has been incredible the last several weeks. He was incredible again on Saturday. Uh, eight turnovers, by the way, forced by eight different people. Uh, like that's that's an unreal. And also, I think eight sacks by eight different people. It, like, it, it was a phenomenal overall team performance. They were they were everywhere. Like, like you could not do anything. I mean, Wake Forest basically. We, we mentioned they had twenty one points, which is their season low. They pretty much had fourteen. They had a late no, garbage touchdown. I was I was kind of mad at that touchdown too. I kind of was too. I'm like, we, we got need to have as much credit as possible. We got the turnover yeah. and then we turned it right back over. And I'm like, oh man, because I was I just part of me I know. I mean, I'm being a little greedy at this point with everything we got in that second half. But I really kind of wanted the second half shutout. I did too, but. What are you going to do? Like Anybody who looks at the numbers knows just how dominant it was. Oh, yeah. And listen, we, we talked about the show on Friday being so cut out. I, I'm with you in saying I'm glad the first two and a half hours were unlistenable because we were wrong about pretty much everything when it came to breaking down this game. We both agreed, and I think it's not just us. You know, Louisville's offense was going to have to be markedly better. Like Malik Cunningham can't be as pedestrian as, as he's been the last few weeks if we're going to have any shot at winning. Like The offense has to be dynamic. It's going to be a shootout. You can't hold Wake Forest below 30. And Malik was was fine. He made some good throws that we haven't seen him make in the last couple of weeks, but still, at the end of the day, 15 of 23, 164 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and then on the ground, nine carries for 38 yards. He had, he had two touchdowns there. Like a, a good, solid overall performance, but not a you know outrageous, all-American type, crazy numbers Malik type deal. Like We didn't need Malik to go nuts. Tyon Evans was, was also uh, the best we've seen him maybe all year. 11 carries coming back, 106 yards, Bust the 52-yarder for his one touchdown. The thing is, yeah, he had almost what half of that on one carry. So Yeah, but I mean, still, he only had 10 carries besides that. That's still averaging over five yards per carry. But as as you said, the offense, not that we need to be okay with it, but yeah, the offense didn't have to do anything in the second half. Offensive line was fantastic. Scott's not only coaching D's, his D is bringing the O. His D brought the O. Uh, It it was just an unreal, unreal performance. And to have it happen after that first half and all the bleep talking that we were seeing from Wake Forest players and fans, like the the Wake Forest fans just refusing to look at that picture and be like, his arm's still under the ball. I'm like, what do you want? Stop. Stop stop with all this. What what do you guys, who do you think you're fooling on this? Tyler Hudson, I thought, also deserves uh, his flowers here. He was really, really good. It was, again. Braden Smith, the one touchdown pass. Braden Smith, I mean, Every time he throws the ball, something great happens. Three for three this year, now through the Before air. Before he got hurt last year, I said he was our second-string quarterback. I think he is. He might be. If, you know, no offense, Brock. We love you, Brock. Brock yeah. did come in, uh, 
tossed a couple passes, two of three through the air. But Braden Smith, every time he touches the ball, something good seems to happen. Yeah. He's uh, he's threw a strike there. I, I mean, Scott got in his bag early in the game. We had the flea flicker. We had the Braden Smith touchdown yeah, pass. I almost forgot about the flea flicker. I mean, we we clearly had this game circled. We were going to bust out everything that we had, and we did. And Wake Forest, suck it. 48-21. It feels good. It feels it, – it's just it, – it's a remarkable performance. I think it changes the season. I think it changes the the Satterfield era. If you just take care of business against James Madison and then get the NC State win, which, again, neither one of those are just should be assumed. We're only a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against James Madison. Why did we schedule this game? Like, now that I've talked about it, I'm going to get more mad about it as the week goes on. If this were just a nice, classic EKU, Moorhead State, Murray State, no disrespect to those programs – but what a bye game is supposed to be. It would be perfect. It would be a nice way to carry the momentum over from our biggest win in, what, six years into this crucial three-game stretch to end the season. No no drama. Just keep everybody healthy. Let some guys get some second-half rest. It would have been a perfect time for this game. And instead, we're playing one of the best group of five teams out there. Now, they have lost two in a row and looked very not very good the last two weeks. They have. They still, like, we're only a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. I saw Bill Connolly's S&P ratings uh, has us giving only a 54% chance of winning this game. My my point is it's tougher than it should be. Yeah. It, it's not there's no reason to make this thing this more difficult on yourself, but if we get take care of that, get the NC State win, which is also not a guarantee with with their freshman quarterback playing well in the second half against VC, but that gets you to seven wins and then we can start having the Kentucky Clemson discussion. Not that I want to change the subject, but I feel like talking about worrying about playing with a game that should be just a bye week and easy win be the perfect seg- segue into what happened Sunday. It would. <laughs> we have to take a break, though. Uh, how should we do? Do you want to talk about the basketball straight up, or do you want? To, I tell you what, let's, let's we'll take some texts in the next segment about the football game. Let's enjoy the football some more. We'll keep it focused on All that, right. and then we'll kick off the four o'clock hour, wading into the, the the doom and the gloom of what happened at the KFCM Center yesterday uh, and the fallout from that. So we'll, we'll take your text at 502-414-1450 after the break. We're, we're celebrating a football win before we do anything laughing else. Laughing at Wake Forest yet. We'll laugh at you know, Wake Forest has their fans have to hate us. I mean, the only thing they oh, probably they hate as much as us is like socialism. They just well, <laughs> they despise us. We'll make fun of Wake Forest after the break as well. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Mike Rutherford show. We're celebrating a big win here on the Big X. so far. Can I assume Monster Mash is coming at some point? I need to hear it today. Actually, I don't think it made the... I, oh. Well, I used it last year, though. I don't care. It's, it's Halloween. Well, there's a lot of Halloween songs out there. It's Halloween. By the way, Virginia has become officially obsessed with Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> well, she, good. She might be one to be listening later on. She can't sit through movies. She sat through yesterday. Like I put it on. I thought it'd be too scary for her at parts. No, she's all into it. She's obsessed with Sally. She wants to be Sally for Halloween now. I'm like, well, it's 24 hours before the big day. We can't call an audible this late. You're going to be Daisy this year. Maybe we'll do Sally next year. We'll figure it out. Was she okay with that? 
but I mean, kind of. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think she really comprehended what was happening, but that's okay. She's all into the songs. She's just, she's all about it. She's a little goth girl. You ready to, are you, it was raining just a little bit. Are we going to have a, a light trick or treat tonight because of uh, weather? It looks like it's going to hold off um, until I think nine o'clock is supposed to start raining again, but I think we're going to be okay. I'm hope, hoping, hopefully. So it'll be at least early trick-or-treating then. Yeah, I mean, last year the weather was perfect. I'm going to jet right out of here and, and head home. Hopefully we'll be able to get out there around like 6.30-ish. And then, uh, I mean, this year I think she'll be, you know, last year was the first year she kind of got it. But they get so tired. Her her cousin went to like four houses like, oh, yeah, let's go home and eat the candy. I'm like, no, no, no you've got like you've got like 50 more houses to go to. Uh, I think this year they'll be more into it, but we'll see. And then we got. Get to work, honey. I, I need you're gonna eat only like two ounces worth of candy, but Daddy needs the rest. I wish, well, not this year, unfortunately. But uh, last year, yeah, last year yeah. I had about half of what was going on. Hopefully next year I'll be able to to make that happen again. But we'll see. I mean, I'm excited to see them get out there. They'll have fun. We'll make it. A, you we'll, told me what was John going as? You told me he's already there. Well, he's Donald. That's right. Virginia's Daisy, John Donald. He had a little uh, little pumpkin costume we put on for one of the things too. But I think I think we'll put on the Donald tonight. And of all, I know the up and down weekend that was, and in the Lions losing on Sunday as well. Yeah, I, I watched zero seconds. I, I just assumed it was going to happen. Everyone's like, "Your Lions are going to win." I'm like, "No, they're not." And they were up for I think I think they led all going in the fourth quarter, and then they the, did. Yeah. They um, led in the fourth quarter, and no, I, I knew they're going to lose. I mean, that's what they do, right? It's who they are. <laughs> it's what they do. How was uh, How was our son's birthday party? Our son's birthday party was great. Went very well. We actually, you know, we planned on holding off on like the presents and the cake and the stuff until after the U of L game was over, and we were up by so much in the fourth quarter. I was like, "Yeah, let's." We'll keep the game on. Let's start opening some presents. We're good. Forty-eight twenty-one. This is my present. Let's, let's start ripping into these bad boys. You opened yours. Yeah. So it was great. And then, I, and then we transitioned right from there to watching UK get their bleep kicked in. It was uh, a big back-to-back games, was it not? It was a nice little Saturday. It was a, it was an yeah. enjoyable little Saturday. I, I enjoyed myself. Watched Jack Harlow on SNL. It was all. It was great. I actually uh, watched the opening. I watched the opening dialogue in the first few skits. Uh, that the monologue in the opening were bad. Oh, it was not. Very it got bad. a little bit better. And there wasn't very many funny parts either through the first few skits. Yeah, except was, for the uh, the, the bad dad on Halloween. He's like, "What's your son? It's a bolte bag." Yeah, that was, that was that made me laugh. It had its moments for sure. What's up, Patrick? I was a uh, I was at a party on Saturday night and uh, tur- turned the yeah, Kentucky Tennessee game on. Had a boy made everybody watch it. Well done, good job. Got there. Remote didn't have batteries in it. I went upstairs, asked the girl's mom for batteries. Nice. We were turning this Kentucky Tennessee <laughs> game on in the basement. Nice. I love, you know, it's a big day on the show, too, by the way. like me when I was in high school. <laughs> like everybody wants to party and hang out. I'm like, oh, let's put the game on. There were there were, there were a couple of times in high school where I, was, I mean, that was always me. Yeah, I was It was me in college, too. I was kind of geek, too. I was like, yeah. I always okay. had it on. There was one time where it was the Indiana basketball game where they had the special Columbia disaster, so they, they had to cut away from it on CBS, and they ended up replaying it like two or three times that day. And one time, I remember, they replayed it, like, it started at like 11 p.m. We're at this party, and we're having a good time. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm like turning the game on, and I'm like, oh no! I'm like, we're down by 18, guys. I'm like, I'm like, there's no way. I'm, I'm being the most obnoxious drunk Louisville fan at this party, and it was great. I was like, I'm gonna watch this for a third time today. It's incredible. Anyways, 502-414-1450. You know, it's a big day here on the show when people are like crawling over themselves to get the first text in, and they're so they're texting in at like 220, 240, 245, uh, and that's texting during Spears, Spears. That's the type of day that we had today. Is people, uh, people. The first text that came in was for all that is good. Please let football dominate the discussion today. I'm not prepared to talk about just how bad this basketball team is yet. And that's what we're trying to do. First hour, we're focused solely on the good. Second hour, we'll transition to the not so good. But the football team certainly warranted their own just focus to start the show today. I think yeah, that, I that goes without saying. Texture says, <laughs> see, all these, I'm just 
shuffling through the basketball text. Just shuffling through the basketball text. <laughs> text says, let's go cards. Talk to Evans on the field, and he's just genuinely a very nice guy. He talked to my son, who was dressed as Captain America, um, for about five minutes about superheroes. Well, that's cool. That's a good memory. Had, we, we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't talked about the fact that the, the field was stormed. It was something we brought up throughout the week last week. I mean, it was barely a striped game, so I mean. It was barely a striped game. I mean, yeah, I was I was surprised by the attendance. Yeah. Less, I mean, less than last week. 39,000 was the announced attendance, which means it's probably closer to – you know, 33, 34. I thought 330 kickoff, top 10 team, a little bit of momentum. I'm not saying I expected 50K or anything like that, but I thought it would be better than it was. Yeah. But the fans that were there, once again, were very loud. They made an impact, and they all ended up on the field. I loved, at the end of the night, one of my buddies who's a UK fan, his wife sent me a video of his son storming the field. I'm like, hell yeah. I'm like, this just makes it even better. Um, but it was, I, I, like I said during the week, I was kind of anti-storm just because it's Wake Forest, but I didn't. I was a very light opinion. I didn't care. And when I saw that they stormed, could not have cared less. That's fine. Get out there. Have some fun. It's been a rough stretch. Enjoy yourselves, kids. Is that like a level of storming? Like, they're storming, and but they didn't bring down the goalposts. No, the, the goal, they, we have the collapsible goalposts now, and they brought them down themselves. Well, they shouldn't even have to bring yeah, them down. Yeah, they collapsed them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we don't have to pull them down. This was, like a, this was worthy of a storming, but not like climbing the goalposts, bringing down. Yeah. Storming. I think there's different levels of storming. We talked about the nature. Plus, I don't know like, enough people to do that. A game-winning field goal being grounds to storm the field but i feel like a blowout might also have been grounds to storm the field maybe i can't i was more surprised that they stormed because of the blowout just because you don't have that like instantaneous momentum and that jolt of enthusiasm um i kind of thought as the game went on I'm like yeah they probably but that enthusiasm was being built up through the entire second half watching the defensive touchdown after defensive touchdown after interception after fumble after yeah sack. I, just, I was a little surprised but uh, pleasantly surprised at the end of the day Anything that makes Dave Clawson mad makes me happy, and that's what, that's what happened. That's what I was about to say, yeah. They had the student section, like, area heavily policed. Like, they didn't Did want they? it going on. And then, like, grow, like not non-students started coming from, like, the end zone storming because they didn't police it at all. So then, like, they kind of had to let the students go at that so point. So they tried to stop it initially? Few, I saw a few, like, students get tackled, like, taken to the Jeez. ground. And okay. then, like, it took, like, oh, one person, like, like— They handled it. Like, like five people would be like keeping one dude on the ground, then another five security guards would be keeping another dude on the ground, and then it just took like one or two people just like juke them all and get through them, and then everybody's like, "Oh, it's possible." At that and point, then, and then did they did they the resistance stop? The resistance did stop. So it was okay. kind of like Wake Forest versus our defensive yeah. line. Well done. It was the it was it was, <laughs> it was actually the fifth field storming I've been a part of in my life, counting. You've been, in, so you've been in five court storm of uh, field stormings. Yep, counting whenever Manuel snapped the twenty-seven year losing streak to Saint X my freshman year. I've been in one. I've never. I haven't been in any. I've only been in one. That was the O two Florida State game. Well, now I feel. Now I feel bad. Yeah, I was at Florida State in twenty sixteen. That was my only other Louisville field storm. Wow. Texas says. Can I get 30 seconds from Trevor on the affirmative action case in the Supreme Court today? I'm sure it will end horribly. No, we were not, we're not doing that. There was a Supreme Court thing today? They're hearing the, what the Harvard and UNC cases. Um, I don't know what that is. You don't, you don't need to. You're fine. <laughs> he doesn't know what Harvard You're fine. is. Well, I know what Harvard is. Like, you went to Harvard. <laughs> Harvard. Harvard. That's my Harvard, Harvard tie. You went to Harvard. I know what North Carolina is. That's the school that doesn't actually make you take classes. There you go. <laughs> Done. Nailed it. Is that what they're talking 30 about? seconds. <laughs> Texas, I wanted Satterfield gone a few weeks ago. What he's done with the defense shows that he's a great coach. Add the recruiting class coming in. He's our guy. If, as long as they finish this thing out, then, yeah, I'm with you. I think if, he, if we were to 
I stand by what I said at the beginning of the year. I'm, I'm not. I, please offer Brian Brown a job so we can just. He's killing it right now. How can he be upset? Because he's not Scott's D. It's not Brian's. It's Brian's D. Oh, whatever. Then if that's the case, then I'm. I still want him gone for screw with me for three years, three and a half years. Well, that seems a little, a little <laughs> counterproductive, but okay. He's killing it now. He's got to leave. Um, as long as they, I mean, two and two down the stretch. I, I stand by what I said at the beginning of the season. Seven and five to me. I'm good with it. It satisfies like the the base need for having a successful season, and I'm fine with him because we have this recruiting class coming in. Six and six, I think he probably stays, but for me personally, I wouldn't keep him. Five and seven, he's got to go to me. Anything better than seven and five, I'm over the moon. Let's let, let's roll. And that's still where I am. And I don't think I know well, that it, you can't be as rigid, but that's now staring down being five and three, staring down the last four games of the season. You go in two and two. I'm good with it. Let's go. You go one and three. I still, even with this win, say we should move in a different direction. I'm, I'm, I'm not good at being a perpetually six and six program. If you lose out, then obviously I think you have to go. Anything more than two wins, boom, done. Love him. Give him an extension. Let's roll. That's how I feel. I don't know where you are, CK. We don't need to give him an extension. He has one, right? Well, he's probably going to shoot for another one. I think his contract runs out in 2024 right now. Well, let's just wait till 2024. We're talking about contracts. I, I don't mean, think any short coach, of anything going forward. No, I'm not. Well, I'm not, gonna, not okay in extension. They don't coach with one year. Yeah, that's not going to with the one that, year cloud over their head. Then, then we're going to have to have a discussion, with Scotty boy. Because uh, anything short of four wins, I'm not. I'm not okay in an extension. You think he has to win out to get an extension from To you. get an extension? Yeah, I want to see. Yeah, I, you're going to show me a little more. Than, than well, Trevor, I'm going to tell you something right now. If he, if he goes 8-4 <laughs> and four here, he's getting a contract extension. That's He's not going to coach in the next season without that extension. The season ends with an extension or a termination, yeah, Trevor. It, it, it's it's going to be one way or the other, I think, at the end of the day. Uh, Texas, I've been excited about this team since the Virginia win. I understand Sat's frustration with the crowds, but unfortunately we keep playing night games I can't take my kids to. Mike, you feel me, right? Well, well this we, wasn't a night game. This was, this yeah. was three thirty. So that was, mm. that, which is why I was more surprised. I mean, la, it's the, a morning game for me. The only thing that I heard last week from people because I I tweeted out a little surprised by the attendance. People were like, "There's trick or trunks all over town. A lot of the schools have this." We had my daughter's trick or trunk was at her school was Friday night. We went there, and I guess I that that's a trick or drunk. Trick or trunk. You know, they, they have like you, these were drunk with a D. Though. I didn't. I said oh, trick or trunk. I, I guess maybe that works, but like, let's be real. If this, if the fans were over the moon about the head coach and about the direction of the program going into Saturday's game, there would have been more than thirty nine thousand in place for a beautiful Saturday afternoon game against the top ten team. It didn't. Oh, it have been two. It have been two and a half stripes at least. Yeah, it, it didn't stop us from having those types of attendances ten years ago, fifteen years ago, oh. when we were in similar situations. So I don't, I don't entirely buy that. I think now people are, because like I said before, in this city. It's not like these college towns where when you go to a game, like you're there for the weekend. You're, Clemson, South Carolina, there's nothing else to do. You're going there for the game. You're going to show up. In Louisville, most Louisville fans are Louisville citizens, and there's stuff to do around here, and you've got a lot of families. And I think when it's gotten to a point now where it's choose between this Halloween activity or this Louisville football game, if the cards were 6-1 and one and ranked number 15 in the country, you probably have a lot of people choosing to say, you know, we've— there's 17 different trick-or-treat events for kids these days. We can skip one. Let's go to the cards game. Whereas with them being four and three and people still being kind of hesitant to jump back on board after being snip-snapped a billion times, I think there were some people who said, let's let's do the kids thing. Let's get the brownie points. Uh, let's make them happy. We'll go to the game if they get good. 
hopefully it gets better moving forward. We still got two big home games. We, you know, we've got the game this weekend against James Madison, which is another night kick. You've got the. I, don't know. I mean, what do you what are we thinking? It's still maybe a stripe. I say it'll be like it has been the last couple of weeks, probably yeah. somewhere around forty, maybe if I had to guess. Even half stripe, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I think it'll be like the last two games, but then NC State, if they're top twenty-five, let's say we let's say we we are at least competitive with Clemson okay. in a couple of weeks, and we're I mean, hell if we beat Clemson, um, we would have we probably would be in the top twenty-five at that point. We'll be playing a top twenty-five team in NC State if they beat Wake Forest this weekend, which is a, a tall task. Like, either way. It's going to be a big-time game. Hopefully the crowd is better than the last couple of weeks because uh, you know, after this win over Wake. But I still don't think it's going to get back to pre-pandemic crowd levels. I mean, I, I think if we can beat Clemson, which if we can slow down their run game, get the bill, pin our ears back. But I don't know if our offense can, could do enough to, to even help out help out our defense in that game. And North Carolina State, I, I think we get. I think we get two, uh, maybe a, ha- a stripe and a half. You think NC so? State. Okay, well, we'll find out. If NC State also depends on, I guess, where NC State is too now. Like, they they didn't win this weekend, right? Or they were on by. They, they won on, that game on Thursday night against. That's right. Against yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So they, I mean, they have at least. I mean, they they they're, they're keeping their head above water. They'll, they'll see, move up. Did you see we received one vote in the new AP poll and ten in the coaches poll? Coaches know more than, than these no-name AP guys. Just <laughs> never play the game. Get them out of here. Yeah, the one guy, the guy from Texas is the guy who gave us the one vote, who's American hero. We love him. We love Texas on the show. Texas, this is the highest that UofL game has made me feel in years. Already having the focus, don't look over them fears with two should win sandwiched between Clemson and UK. The crowd was light, but the 35K there deserved that unnecessary field rush. I agree with that. I'm, I'm fine with it. I was okay with it. Joker and the Thief was absolutely rocking. I heard it was nuts when they played it between the third and fourth quarter. After that 35-0 third quarter, it was, it was rocking. Texas is important to note JMU's quarterback has been out the last two weeks when they've lost. He'll be back on Saturday. I did not know that. That is a big, big note. Texas says, I don't know if this means, Texas says, if this holds and they don't collapse the rest of the season, can we talk about how Louisville's becoming one of the most unreal turnarounds that we've ever seen at Louisville? It would be. I mean, if we go from, if we go from four and I mean three and three, and everybody's saying, "Gotta fire the guy, gotta fire the guy." I guess what were we two and three after the BC game, right? And we've won three straight now. I don't think we've gone below five hundred. Yeah, we were two and three. Yeah, we were two and three after the BC game, and now we've won three in a row, so we're five and three. Two row and three in conference. If we go from there to, let's say eight and four, fringe top twenty-five team going to a tier. Two bowl game in the ACC, yeah. I mean, this ranks right up there with, I'd say Charlie Strong's second year, where we started two and four with the losses to Marshall and FIU, and then damn near went to the Orange Bowl and finished seven and five and went yeah. and played NC State in the Belk Bowl. It'd be up there with, uh, I'm trying to think of a basketball equivalent. The one year we lost to Drexel in Western Carolina at home, and then ended up, uh, I think that was the first year in the Yum Center. It we, was. We had the, uh, the, the the crazy run to being a four seed and almost won, won the Big East championship. I think those two stand out, but it would be it certainly would be one of the bigger unforeseeable turnarounds in season that I've ever experienced as a Louisville fan. Without question. In football, yeah, I don't even know. Even the even the Charlie year was that the year you described with the Marshall losses. I think this would be We at least beat UK in that year. We had a we had a positive. It was like not just all yeah, middling well, negative. UK was the beginning of the season though. It was the well, it wasn't the first game. It was the it was after the it was sandwiched in between the Marshall and FIU losses. Yeah. So I mean it's the FIU loss. Uh, I mean, it's, you know what, let's, I guess, I guess if I, I just, I don't want to get myself hypothetically like pumped up for something that I just, I, I my, the, the little devil on one shoulder saying, 
just don't don't get fooled for it again. He's over listening to who and just telling me not not to be fooled again, despite how excited I am for this game. But I'm just worried about James Madison more than I need to be. I guess I I'm too. Texas says Scott's D came so hard that it brought the O face. <laughs> Texas says so wait is intern Patrick not the same intern that dished you all a few months ago? If so, that's a total mind blow. No, it's not. That was Jacob. Yeah, now he's at UK. Now he's at UK. Intern Patrick is a Emmanuel student. We call him Intern Patrick. He's not even really an intern. He's, no. Well, we don't I just come him. and hang out. He just comes and hangs out. It's yeah, fine. We, we don't know. You know he, he just starts showing up one day. <laughs> We've got no idea who he is. He brought me an Arby's. I was like, okay, come on in. <laughs> Texas, the last two games we beat last year's Coastal and Atlantic champs, if memory serves right. We did. We beat the reigning champs and the team that they beat in the conference championship game last year. So basically, ergo, we're basically the ACC champions right now. That's how I choose to view it. I mean, yeah, they kept bringing up how this is the worst Hartman's look since he played against Pitt last year. Well, Texas says, Dave, I can't, you almost got me again. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Texas says, uh, you sounded like McLovin on Superbad, and then I asked and then I asked his mom for batteries. Nice. Can you tell that story again? Do you have time? <laughs> Texas says, I was surprised by the attendance, says the guy who threw a birthday party in the middle of it. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I had no control over that. Yeah. It's all your fault. There was no, you took a whole stripe away. It was my, it's all me. Would have been I mean, forty five thousand if you had Ned. That I party. mean, John's pretty unpopular. He is. Texas. There was a security guard that absolutely body slammed a kid and held him down as hundreds of other students ran past him. Whoever that security guard is, I hope there's a video and I hope he gets canned. That seems unnecessary. No, I just. I why don't we just give credit to the kid who got slammed? He because of him, all hundreds of kids got in. His sacrifice yeah. led to that field. He basically made the field storm happen. So yeah, instead instead of just like just trying to get a guy fired, you know, first of all, don't throw rocks living in a glass house there. And second, I mean, let's, let's praise the kid who took the beating. Texas, I was extremely frustrated at halftime with all the crap calls by the refs. Obviously, that went away by the second half. My only complaint with the offense in the second was that second possession after the strip sack fumble. They lined up and ran four straight running plays to turn it back over on downs. You always go for the third after a huge turnover. I totally agree with that. It was the I thought Satterfield's play calling for the most part was good. That was the one time where I was like, oh, my God. And I still was like, we're going to lose this game because we had the pick six. We get the strip sack. We have the ball up twenty to fourteen. I'm like, yeah, punch him! Like, this yeah. is put the foot on the throat. Let's go! And we ran this four ball, four plays in a row. Three of them were the exact same running play. We tried to do the thing where when we got stopped on third and two and set up with fourth and one, we tried to go fast and run the same play again to get that, that yard. And this is I'm usually a like fourth down go for it type guy, but at that point when we're up by six, I was like. Kick the field goal. My, I think my dad's the only person who can back me up on this because I was standing right next to him. I'm like, take the points, take the points, take the points. We ran the play. We get stopped. And once again, even then, early in the third quarter, I'm like, we're going to lose because of all this stuff. Um, it just the, the fact that it turned so dramatically from we're definitely going to lose, this always happens, to we're kicking the absolute hell out of these guys and it's 35 to nothing in this quarter was just so so ridiculous. Uh, but it is trunk or treat, thanks to everybody who I, – I, I think I said trick or trunk. Uh, which did. sounds which I don't know what either are anyway. Truck so. or trade is the is the things where they the, the teachers and stuff hand out candy out of their tr- their trunks. They turn their cars like Halloween stations. It's like an SBU episode. And you go what around. are you talking about? Yeah, it's a they're it's, enticing kids to get. To, to it's a big their... deal. We went to my my daughter's school. Started at six. We got there like six twenty. Like half of the cars were already out out of candy. It was it was it was bad. But she didn't, they didn't care. They had hula hoops and they had hay bales and they had never heard of this. stuff to play. It was fun. Um, Texas, there was a kid in. There were kids in cuffs during the storm, but once they realized it wasn't stopping them, they just let them go. <laughs> I mean, why are they trying to cuff kids for storming the field? I, I mean, it, it's just I like at least they just let them know, like, 
Ah, screw it. Here, go have some fun, kid. Texas says, and honestly, I couldn't tell if this was a KRC text or a UFL text, but it is a KRC text. Not great to have an offense that's both too complicated and too predictable. (laughs) (laughs) Texas says, great football weekend, just the definition of domination in that second half. Love seeing the pure excitement and energy from the team after every big play. Also this past weekend, quick shout-out to the Linden Lightning football, a clean sweep sweep of the LYFL championships on all levels, Mighty Mites, Pee Wees, Juniors, and Seniors. Shout-out to the Linden Lightning. Linden Lightning. We might be small, but we are mighty. Tearing it up. Texas, set is not good. Oh, my God. No one in the stadium. No one is at the stadium because no one is excited about that guy. Well, they should be now, a little bit at least. I'd be excited. I mean, I'm excited. Top 10 team by 27 points. I just just want to just at least least give me James Madison before I start getting, like, Getting myself like sure. hopes. I mean, what are you, we we all understand been, the been, situation. Yeah, I've been burned so many times at this point that I just over the last few years that I just I I, I just don't want I, I just I'm afraid to get my hopes up too much. And I think that's why, like that's long and short. That's the reason why the attendance was what it was on Saturday. Yeah, it was. You know, people are hesitant to get their hopes up because we keep getting just kicked down every time we get up a little bit. And hopefully this win will will change that. I mean, again, first time we've won three straight games under this guy against FBS teams. Now we go for four in a row for the first time since the 2016 season. It's been a long time since we've been able to string together a, a consecutive weeks of just good vibes. If we beat James Madison, that's happening going into what would then become like this game against Clemson, where I think everybody would be super will be super excited for that. A three, which we found out today is going to be a three thirty kickoff on November twelfth. I mean, I'm just trying to be negative, Nancy. I'm just saying that when you look at the three wins, we have a Virginia team that. If you watched Virginia Miami this Saturday, I mean that 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 game can be handed out to like is like corporal punishment to people. Fourteen to twelve with no touchdowns and four, and four overtimes. overtimes, unbelievable. I mean, it was like I mean that's like something you you'd make put in a POW camp, make them watch it as punishment. Unbelievable. It was so bad, and I mean it's and then let's not forget Pittsburgh has been nothing short of you know being the the, the greatest show on turf, and then the Wake Forest. He's kind of had Wake Forest's number. I don't mean again to be negative. Nancy over here, but I'm just, just trying to play both sides of it. Well, we end the hour. We'll end the hour with this text. Imagine this: two or three touchdown win over James Madison, three point upset of Clemson in their house, 55k plus in Cardinal Stadium for a top 25 matchup versus NC State night game. You've up by two scores. Joker and the thief comes on. God, that would make me bust like Hank Hill. There you go. That's, that's the dream now. That's the new dream that we all have the opportunity to enjoy because of what's happened the last three weeks. All right, that was the good. We will take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about what happened at the KFCM Center. We'll get into it. We'll that, was, take, that was the treat, and here comes the trick. Here comes the trunk or the <laughs> or, or the trick, whichever you want it, whichever way you want to describe it. Before we, uh, we talk about that, though, let's remind you about our guys over at First Bankers Trust. At First Bankers Trust, they work with each client individually to help you meet all of your financial goals, not just one of your financial goals, not just two of your financial goals, all of your financial goals, and they offer a wide range of services, including investment management, trust and estate services, philanthropic services, and financial planning. If you want to uh, make the most money you can possibly make via investment, via trust and estate services, via philanthropic services, the only one place to go is First Bankers Trust. Making money, beating Wake Forest, not losing exhibition games. It all starts with one word, trust, First Bankers Trust. We'll take a break. We'll talk about what happened yesterday at the KFCM Center. It's coming your way in hour number two. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X.
Welcome in, hour number two. Happy Halloween to you. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Halloween spooktacular. This is the spooky portion of the show. We're going to have to talk about some not-so-fun stuff. Before we do that, though, a couple of notes. Scott Setterfield, just in my inbox here, has been named the Dodd Trophy Coach of the Week, uh, which has been given to him by the Bobby Dodd Coach of the Year Foundation and the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Not sure how the Chick-fil-A Bowl gets in there, but uh, congrats to Coach Satterfield, National Coach of the Week, and also the Louisville football team as a whole has been named the Cheez-It Bowl National Team of the Week. Trevor Kelsey, say it. I woke up being the cheesiest coach. We are the cheesiest this week. We are quite literally the cheesiest. Congrats to the Cars. Congrats to Coach Satterfield. Huge weekend, and they're being rewarded for it. I also saw Quincy Riley is the isn't, ACC Defensive Back of the Week. Isn't Dodd uh, from the Georgia Tech ties? Maybe that's why yes. Chick-fil-A is involved. Atlanta. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta area. Uh, Quincy Riley, ACC Defensive Back of the Week. That marks two straight weeks now where the Cards have had one ACC player of the week after going 0 for the first seven weeks of the season. Thanks. Was that if it was head coach of the year or defensive coordinator of the week? Which His D um, did not get a national award, although it should. Oh, it should. But he was national coach of the uh, of, of the week. It should be offensive and defensive coordinator of the week as well. Well, he's, he's not there. <laughs> Special teams, even though Turner missed one. It's not his fault. He went two out of three. God, I was more mad. <laughs> on, that, on that possession alone. I felt more mad. At, I felt more sad for James Turner than anybody else on Saturday because, like, he's like he's made his streak of eleven straight got snapped because they made him kick the damn thing three times in a row. I was like, come on, <laughs> just last, count one of them. The last one just creeped out too. Barely missed it. Yeah. All right. Uh, it was like forty something, forty five yarder, wasn't it? And he ended up at forty two. Yeah. Which started off as like a twenty-seven. Yeah, it was kept like, moving it back. Kept moving back. Shot. <laughs> All right, uh, we, we've been trying to avoid talking about this for a while. Now we got to get to it. Uh, so movies this weekend. Movies, <laughs> of course. What's, what's their favorite Halloween candy? More about John's party. <laughs> Would you like to hear more about our truck or treat experience on Friday night? I want to talk about Patrick about Friday night and what happened at Mail Manual. What yeah. happened? Come on. Early, <laughs> early red zone turnover. Tale as old as time for Manuel. That's what I heard. My my uh, nephew was over at the house yesterday telling him about the game. He's like, it just happens every year against Mail. Like, mm. Apparently it does. Speaking of scary, Wagner for three straight week did not cover my 50 points. 63 to zero. <laughs> you owe me 40 bucks. Three straight weeks I've gotten 50. I've, I've basically gotten 50 points from me and they haven't covered once. 40 bucks. It sounds like 80. No, I think it was 80 if we doubled it after this, which I don't think they, I think the season's over. I don't think they made the playoffs. So I think we're good to go. In other uh, low-level Kentucky football news, uh, Marion County withdrawed from the playoffs. Central will not have a game this Friday. And then, like a video came out, they got in, like a brawl against Taylor County at their game on oh, Friday. Geez. That's uh, my wife's high school, Washington County. They're arch rivals up there in Marion County. They're dirty. So they're they're, they're playing bad. Their football game on Thursday, by the way. Sh- sh- official shortage. Oh man. But they're playing Butler, so no, they're playing uh, Southern. Southern, yeah, it'd be running clock. But how's their official shortage? I mean. Has been all year, but wouldn't there be? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't all right, we. I, I was joking about distracting. <laughs> we, we've got to talk about the basketball game. So, what was John's favorite gift he got? <laughs> yeah, was, Big set of uh, he had a bunch of different uh, like like sports balls, like tennis ball, uh, uh, soccer ball. Had a whole like little goal and basket set up. He's all sounds about neat. It. Loves it. Loves it. I want to play. All right, at the game yesterday. <laughs> Let me. I have to preface all my. I'm gonna get this out of the way right at the beginning. Okay. 
I'm going to come off as mean here because there was nothing about what happened yesterday before the game, after the game, certainly during the game that I liked. And I do think it's – I think there's some people that are trying to downplay it a little bit too much. So I'll preface all of my comments with this. I recognize that this is an exhibition game. I recognize that the game does not count on the record. I recognize that it's late October. This is the first time that Kenny Payne's coached the game. This is the first time that this team has taken the court in a real game-like scenario it's inside the KFCM Center. I recognize this is not the end-all, be-all, and it's not going to define this season, let alone the entire Kenny Payne era. I recognize all of that. Having said that. But, no offense. Yeah, kind of. But I feel like you have to – I'm not I'm not calling for Kenny Payne to be fired. I'm not predicting that this – tenure is going to be a dramatic failure because of what we saw on Sunday. I think you can say all of that and still be very upset with what took place yesterday. Both of those things can be true. I've been preaching patience with Kenny Payne this entire, since he got hired. Even when people were saying he's going to turn this thing around, we're going to be top 25 good in year one. I've been saying, let's, let's let this thing play out. Let's, if his first roster doesn't look the way that it should, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see how he recruits. Let's see if he can overachieve with a limited roster. Let's just calm down a little bit. And now here we are. And look, I passed along the practice reports on the show. I've had, I think at this point, eight different people that I know who have sat in at a practice. Some former players, some people at UofL, some just Joe Schmoes that were there. Me. Patrick uh, as well is on that list. Everybody who has seen this team practice, whether it was the summer or the, the full practice in the fall, has said the same thing, which has been like, it's bad. It, it's not going to be good. The former players were like, it's, it's very bad. And... The reports that we've gotten have all been, at the start, if L. Ellis gets hurt or has to sit on the bench for a long period of time, we've got nowhere else to go. And we kind of knew that. And that the guards thing was a joke on the show this because it became, but it was very much steeped in a very real reality, which was this team had to get better in the backcourt. They needed support at the guard position. They didn't get it. And I think yesterday you see for the first time L. Ellis picks up two quick fouls in the opening segment. And the drop-off when he went to the bench was insane. We looked like an entirely different team. We never really recovered from that. And we knew that going in. To, broadly speaking, to lose a game by 10 points to Lenore Ryan, which is a below-average Division II team. They went 10-18 and 18 last year. They were without their two leading returning scorers from that team yesterday. On Wednesday... They lost by 10 to Caldwell Community College, the Caldwell Cobras, a junior college in an exhibition game. This is not a good D2 team. And they came in, and they looked better than Louisville for pretty much 40 minutes. They won by 10. They outscored you by 12 in the second half. And I get that this can be like a learning thing. This can be – there's no excuse for looking the way that Louisville looked yesterday. And you talk about, well, we didn't we, we played everybody. Yeah, Jalen Withers, who's our best player, still played 30 minutes. Mike James played 25. Huntley Hatfield played 21. All of our starters played over 20 minutes, including L. Ellis, who was hampered with foul trouble the entire day. To have any lineup on the floor that can't compete with Lenore Ryan is disturbing. And the way in which it happened was more jarring to me than the fact that it happened in and of itself. Because I expect I came in expecting it to be bad. After seeing the red-white scrimmage, after hearing what we've heard about practices, after knowing what the roster looked like, I expected it to be herky-jerky. Now I'm thinking turkey-jerky when we still win by like 18. It was beyond my worst fears. I've been following basketball 
Louisville basketball religiously my entire life. I, I don't think I've ever missed an exhibition game. I don't think I've missed a red-white scrimmage that has been televised or that I could attend. I am not sure I've ever seen a Louisville team look that bad ever. Exhibition game, scrimmage, early season game, game where they've got a lot of guys hurt, game where everybody got broken up by their girlfriends, anything. They couldn't make a layup. They looked like they had no idea what to do defensively. They seemed very unsure of themselves on offense, especially when Ellis was out of the game. And then more than any of that stuff, they looked like they didn't want to compete. They didn't play hard. Nobody was closing out hard. Nobody was going after rebounds. We got destroyed in points in the paint by a Lenore Ryan team that has no size outside of one dude who looks like a 45-year-old playing at the YMCA. I was stunned by just how it looked like the worst of the last year of the Chris Mack era where guys were just, we had excuses then, right? Like, we don't know who our coach is. Everybody's fighting after games. You expect at the very least with a new head coach and a new administration, renewed energy for the effort level to be off the charts, right? Like, that's what we saw certainly when Rick Pitino came in. That's what we saw when we went from the end of the pageant era to Chris Mack coming in. Like, guys want to impress their new head coach. They want to believe in the new system. They're inspired by the new blood, the fresh energy. And at the very least, it may not be pretty, but guys are going to be going a million miles an hour. They're all competing for playing time. They want to get those big minutes. We didn't see any of that yesterday. When we got down in the second half, it was like it was like they thought that we weren't keeping score. Like nobody started playing harder. Nobody changed anything. I was blown away by just how lethargic, like the bench, nobody's clapping or doing anything. It was like all the worst parts of last year put into an exhibition game. And I'm not asking this team to be pristine to start the year. Exhibition games are always junky. We've had bad exhibition games before. Now, we haven't lost one in 22 years. Uh, we had a 39-game exhibition game winning streak. The last time we lost was uh, the December of Denny Crumbs last season, which did not go great. But we've had a couple of times where we haven't played well, where games have been kind of close, and we've had to pull them out late. But this wasn't a game against a Division II national title contender like Bellarmine, which we played a couple of times, or an NIAA uh, national title contender like Georgetown. Again, this is a bad D2 team that came in here and didn't just win one going away. And you never really threatened them once they took advantage of play in the second half. I just I just expected, at the very least, the effort level to be, to be better. I didn't expect them to know exactly what they were supposed to be doing on offense, like all the ins and the outs of, of what Kenny Payne is trying to install, or maybe this new switching defense that they're trying to play. But I expect them to be playing hard. They weren't playing hard for long stretches, and that should be the bare minimum. That should be the base request for a team that has a new head coach and that has a bunch of new faces and that it, you know, theoretically you're all trying to prove yourselves so that you can be the 35-minute-a-game guy once the season actually starts in two weeks or, hell, a week from now. And we didn't see any of that. And, I mean, seven assists to 16 turnovers, only seven second-chance points, no fast-break points. And Kenny Payne says after the game, you know, it's impossible for any coach anywhere <laughs> to, to win a game where they get no fast break points. And Kelly Dehee very quickly points out, he's like, well, Everett Sullivan just coached a game where his team had no fast break points, and he won by 10. So it was bad anyway. you slice it. I do want to get into to Payne's postgame comments. But overall, just broad picture, TK, you said you weren't as concerned as I was. Give me, talk me off the ledge here. I, and again, I'm not really on the ledge. I'm just saying it's inexcusable. I'm choosing not to believe that this is a precursor to what the rest of the season is going to be. I hope to God that it's not. But that was, 
it, it was worse than just clunkiness and, well, we were lacking in talent. This doesn't look like a Louisville team. It was as bad as I've ever seen. And that, I believe that, that loss to Denny Crum, that was to the one like the old school global all-star team. We were playing pros. Where it's, it's like, it's like, you know. It was Teddy Dupay. Yeah, exactly. It's usually ex-college players who are a couple years removed from college men. Who, who And that was a double overtime loss, too. Yeah. They don't have those anymore, like, do they? Like, they don't. And yeah, you don't, you're not allowed to play those fun. games anymore. They, yeah, we played like Brian Kaiser came back with yeah. actually a couple I mean, times. Those were always fun to play. Cause, I mean, they were, they were good exhibition games because you were playing against guys that were like seniors. Just the year before in college. Um, I couldn't tell you when the last time we lost to an actual – Kelly maybe had put that out there. I can't tell you the last time that we lost to like an actual other college in an exhibition Division game. Division two But it's clearly been since the 90s at the earliest. Yeah, and I think even then, because I think we did lose to another athletes in action in the 90s, but that was – We did an overtime in action, yeah. yeah. And again, those overtime – but that, that's no hero there. Uh, I mean, I don't want to – I'm not going to say talk to you completely off the ledge because, I mean, the next exhibition game against Shamrod could be – might not make you too happy, and I, I'm not going to be surprised if we don't lose to Bellarmine as well. Uh, I mean, this is it's going to be it's going to be somewhat of a long year. Now, losing the exhibition, did I expect to lose this game? No, I did not. Expect, I never expect to lose to an exhibition game. I was not. I mean, I I, I saw where Kenny would leave some people in because it is an exhibition game. Let's get some people out there. I mean, he could have easily stayed with the starting five. I think for more minutes. And I think you maybe get a, more of a competition in this game, but at, they still played a lot at some point. Well, they, they, but not, I'm talking about as on the court itself. Like he did go with them in the second half. I think I want to say it wasn't right at the beginning of the second half, but he did come back when then Ellis got another foul and he went, he, he took him out. I mean, he could have left that starting five in, which is by far our best lineup. But even that lineup still, I mean, Curry is does, does not look like he's improved at all defensively. Did not look like somebody who just just needed to demand the ball in the low post. Even when he did, short of Ellis, and even with Ellis, our, the guards, the guards is the only problem we have, ladies and gentlemen. It's, 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 it's guards, forwards, centers, everything. It's going to be a work in progress this year. It's going to be an uphill battle work in progress. Thank God I don't have any respect for EMU, or I'd be really scared right now. But, so, but I mean, the guards couldn't get the big men the ball. When the big men actually did get good positioning, they couldn't. They were getting powered out of the low block. Curry, Henley Hatfield, whomever it was in there. Wheeler, who looks like he's six six years behind everyone else. He, he did, yeah. Trainer is just, I, I, I love, he's leaving Trainer out there for as long as he did to maybe get him through things. Trainer looks like he's a high school freshman out there. I mean, he was so far behind everyone else. Just defensively was horrible. Offensively was just as bad. Him and Wheeler both were just, just I mean, clearly far behind everyone else in progress right now in terms of development. I did like Lance, except for the fact he did look a little scared every time he'd get the ball on offense. Like, he wasn't sure what he should do. Should he drive? Should he Should he shoot? What? He looked timid, but the first game jitters, I'll give him that. Same with uh, Ree. Not sure why Payne played as much as he did in the first half, five minutes, and took like six shots, it seemed like. Uh, I, I, didn't, I wasn't hating on Fabio. I wasn't hating on Miller. Neither of them can get past their guy. Which is not a good thing to do when you're playing little, little Ryan Lenore. Not going to get much better when you get into the conference play in ACC. This team's got a lot of work to do. It's going to be a long season. But I just hope to think that you can't get – there's nowhere to go but up in terms of the the the, the talent level on this team. And there are some positives because we know Curry can be a decent player. We know J- James looked good in the minutes he was out there. Ellis – Looked like Ellis from last year, up and down. 
there's going to be he needs to get some of that gathered around. Hundley Hatfield looked solid in, in moments, sporadic moments. Offensively, he didn't do much. Well, I mean, offensively, he didn't didn't get the ball in the greatest positions. He had two nice little low post moves, couldn't finish. Yeah, five points, one rebound. Yeah, I mean the, I mean, that's the the few bright spots. Jalen Withers looked great. The spin move, highlight of the game. Uh, hit some nice threes. Outside that, this team, I mean, it's just not a lot of this. It's gonna a team that's gonna probably have to rotate eight or nine guys because there's gonna be some growing pains in this. And I'm I'm telling you right now, don't be shocked if we don't lose to Bellarmine. People keep saying that. I, I think I will be surprised if they lose to Bellarmine. They should not lose to Bellarmine. This is a Bellarmine team that is. I think they picked to finish sixth in the A Sun. They lost most of their production from from last year's conference tournament champion. They've got no size and. I know Lenore Ryan is like, like you know, Bellman has more size than Lenore I'm Ryan. I'm not does. worried about size now. I'm worried more about basketball intelligence because this team does not have it right now. And, and, and they Lenore, didn't show it on Saturday. Lenore Ryan Sunday. was a team that does not physically match up with Louisville. Does not. I mean, but the, the, as kind of Kenny Payne pointed out, it is a it was a is a older team that just knows just what to do little things in basketball, and that's something this Louisville team does not know right now. And that you can do that with youth. You can do it with intelligence, whatever you want to accuse of it. But it's clear right now, I mean, they do look lost in in terms of the the ins and outs of the game of basketball. By the way, Lenore Ryan's starting five had the exact same total age as, as our starting five. Like I, I kept hearing that argument. I'm like, we have like, like Jalen Withers is his fourth year. There's no year way those guys look like they were thirty. Well, that's because <laughs> they played at a lower level. Jalen Withers is his fourth year of college. Brandon Huntley Hatfield played last year at Tennessee. Sidney Curry's his fourth year of college basketball. LL same. J.D. Trainer's third year. Uh, I mean, Mike James is a redshirt freshman. It, like, well, I, James I, never got on the court. Trainer barely played last year. He's been here three years, though. Like, I, I don't. I mean, at some point, like again, Lenore Ryan's two most experienced and best players didn't play for them yesterday. Like, I, I just and it's Lenore Ryan. Like, I, I feel like I shouldn't have to say this when Kenny Bain's like they're doing stuff that I want our team to do. I'm like, what? How? It's not like we just. I get that it's our first exhibition game, but. It's not like we didn't practice at all. We've had we've, you've had this team for six months now. I, well, maybe we hired the wrong former card. Uh, <laughs> we should have gone with Eric Sullivan. Either. Let's talk about Payne's comments after the game because he starts with you know saying his whole thing is we needed that whooping, um, and then in the next breath he says because there's still things going on within this program that happened before I got here that we're trying to get over. And I, I still don't really know what he meant by that. I mean, could it be an ego thing? I can't imagine. I mean, because this, this you, is my you, whole thing about, about that statement. You got the fans on. basically this, turning on you on 100%. This is my thing about that statement because he starts off by saying, we needed this whooping as if it's, you know, these guys are too high on their horse. And my question would be, how? This is the <laughs> no Louisville team in the history of Louisville basketball has been picked to finish lower in a preseason conference poll than this one has. No team has ever been picked to finish 12th. We've been playing basketball for a long time. They've been doing preseason media polls for a long time. Expectations have not been lower for a Louisville men's basketball team in my lifetime. Anywhere you want to turn, you've got people counting you out, saying you're not. There's nobody saying Louisville's going to be an NCAA tournament team. If you need motivation, there's never been a more abundant supply of that than right now. To say that you needed a whooping from Lenore Ryan in your exhibition game to wake you up, why? 
Like, like you should come out with all the momentum in the world. Like this is it, it's like Satterfield saying we didn't match Syracuse's intensity in week one. Are you kidding me? It's the first week of the season. Like this is a Louisville basketball team that everybody has counted out. They've been saying all off season, like keep counting us out, keep not and they come out and they just go through the motions and get blasted by ten. And you know when that happens, you're gonna be the laughing stock of the entire country. And you have been. Every college basketball account in America has made a joke about Louisville in the last 24 hours. I've got the Paul fans all over my mentions today. They're probably listening to the show right now. Like, this is, how do you not expect it to happen? How do you need a whooping to wake you up? How have you not gotten these guys woken up before? And then in the second breath, I'll just say it. I don't like like, coming out at the very beginning of your explanation for losing by 10 to Lenore Ryan saying, well, it's based on stuff that happened before I got here. At some point, that excuse is going to fall on deaf ears. The fan base is not going to put up with it. They'll put up with it to it for an extent in year one. But at some point, it can't be like, well, weird stuff happened before I got here. All the, the Chris Mack stuff. Turn the page a little bit. A lot of programs have gone through similar adversity and been able to turn the page from that pretty quickly and gotten back on their feet, especially with the ability to roster reshape and bringing in so many new guys. There are a lot of guys on this team that had nothing to do with last year's team. There are a lot of guys that don't even really know what all the IRP stuff's about, all the NCAA stuff's about. Like, I get what he's trying to say. I get that it's bad program DNA. But hell, I mean, last year, even with Chris Mack being about to be suspended, we still just destroyed our first two exhibition opponents. That didn't come into play last year. I, I don't think it's the biggest thing in the world. I'm not, like, furious about it. But I also was kind of like, come on, man. Like, like you know, that, I, I didn't think it was the right way to start that post-game press conference. But... I mean, if this would win two games or three games in the regular season, that was still said tonight. That rant would be acceptable. But this is the first exhibition game still. I just don't – I don't buy into, like, the we needed this. I, 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 why? Like, how did they not have any motivation before this? Like, the, nobody like, – it's not like they're a like, preseason top 10 team that everybody expects to just waltz through an opponent like Lenore Ryan. Like, people thought it was going to look bad. It just looked way worse than we, <laughs> we ever imagined it could. I mean, I didn't expect us to – I expected there to be hiccups in yesterday's game. I didn't expect this to look no. as bad as we were. No, nobody did. Because there's the thing, and that's the thing is that we looking that bad, us looking that bad defensively, and there's certain players, obviously, that in particular I mean, you still have an athletic edge on this team you're playing. So, therefore, for you to look that bad, that's all mental. That's all you just not paying attention, you're not caring. You're not giving, just not giving it. They weren't trying. One hundred percent. It looked like they weren't trying a lot of time, and, and I, I'm blow, I was blown away by that. I don't know. And when I listened to Payne's comments, what I thought of was that, you know, I don't, I don't know if if they, they in practice the team just kind of goops around and doesn't listen to what he's trying to tell them to do, and they're not paying attention. And he just was like, "Listen, you don't want to pay attention. You're wait, wait, wait do you lose this game, and you spend you spend the next four days listening to listening to the radio and reading." online and the Twitter and listen to your, this fan base. This fan base, as you have done, and we've, we've both seen on social media, will give you hell beyond belief just for losing an exhibition game. And maybe rightfully so. And and I don't know if that was his thought process of maybe that'll wake them up. I, I can tell you. Uh, the wake-up should have been against a team like this, which I, I think any Louisville team – Ever I mean, would it should have overmatched them. The wake up call should have been I don't know like you're you're tied with them at halftime or you're only up by two on them at halftime and then you, you you win going away you win by eighteen to twenty points and it's still embarrassing that you played that way for twenty or so minutes. It's not losing by ten. We've had we've had Louisville teams that have needed early season wake up calls and their wake up calls has been have been 
that exact scenario where the, you know they get down by five in the first half. Patino calls a timeout, rips everybody to shreds. They end up winning by twenty, and Patino after the game is still furious and calling everybody out and talking about how much we suck. Like that, we've we've been in that scenario before. They still get the job done and avoid the national embarrassment of lo- and also only scoring forty seven points against a team that was ten and eighteen last year in D two. Like I, I don't know where the offense is going to come from. It has me. We'll see how we look Thursday night against Chaminade, who should be a better opponent than Lenore Ryan. Hopefully we come out and we take care of business and we give, uh, I think, the, the fan base some hope. Because right now, I, I mean, we talked last year at the beginning of the season how rare it is that a team looks woeful or looks really good at the beginning of a season and then doesn't wind up looking kind of like that that same team for the rest of the year. Obviously, teams improve, but everybody improves. Right? I keep hearing, like, they're going to get better one game for the next. They're going to get better one game for the next. You know who else is going to get better? Every team in college basketball. That's the way it works. And when this is your baseline, this is where you're starting from, getting better doesn't turn you into like a 20-win team that's flirting with a tournament. It gets you from winning five games or something to maybe winning 10 to 12. It, it was just the unless the effort level, the bad body language, there was a play where Jalen Withers, we were five on four, thought he deserved the ball, didn't get it in time, threw his hands up, got the ball, was still wide open for three, and just passed it because he was so mad that he didn't get the first time. And this is in the middle of a game. Like, it was that's, all the worst stuff from last year. Like, what are we doing? That's not good on Withers, by the way. That's no, it's not. Bad, it was, it was terrible. And he played very yeah. well, but it was he went back to some of the little pouty stuff that we've seen from him at times the last couple of years. All that stuff, which is what we thought was going to be cleaned up at the bare minimum with this new regime, Like that was kind of my expectation going into the season was – we don't have the talent level that we're used to having and, and that we'll hopefully have moving forward. At the very least, they're going to be more fun to watch than they were a year ago because they're going to be engaged. They're going to play hard. They're going to be tenacious. They're going to be easy to root for. And they were not easy to root for yesterday. <laughs> it was the exact opposite. Like I, I, was, I was blown away in the second half that there was that lack of effort from everybody involved. It, it was beyond disappointing. And I think it's fine to say, you know, if, if they... They could come out Thursday, look like a totally different team, and win by 20, and look engaged, and look like they know what they're doing on offense, look like they know how to help on defense. Everybody's into the game. Everybody's focused. And cool. like th- That's certainly out there. But also still to be pissed off by the way that they played on Sunday. Anybody who watched that game and wasn't mad, I, I-, I-, I can't under- – again, I'll never tell you to fan, but I-, I just don't understand that mi- mindset. You can still be the biggest KP supporter in the world. You can still say – this is the guy who's going to get us back to national prominence and still say, like, okay, like that was kind of inexcusable. I think the hope for all Louisville fans is that Lenore Ryan becomes like this great jump start for a story that gets told four or five years down the line, right? Where Kenny, <laughs> where Kenny, Kenny Payne's getting interviewed and, like, you know, he's, he's like, Lenore Ryan, I'll never forget it. Like, my very first game taking the floor could not have gotten off to a worse start. Look at where we were. Look at where we are. Like, this, it, it's this just incredible rise to prominent story that has a now has a perfect beginning that becomes the hope because the other side of the, that possibility is it becomes the the first story of a horror story which was we all should have seen this coming this was a disaster from the start it's been a disaster since it was a disaster throughout and i i don't think that's going to be the case i hope that's not the case but to say that this was unavoidable i, I just think is is kind of a lazy explanation i mean now, i think it was unavoidable i mean i i, I honestly if, he, if you you stick with the, that starting five in there for the major minutes you need to Louisville probably wins this game Trevor, they pl- all played more than they 20 still minutes. but they were he was interchanging cuz i mean jj trainer played 21 minutes that's 19 more than he needed to play trainer's supposed to be like our our second our best guy off the bench 
that's a, that, that's a worry for another comment. Okay. Yeah, that's, I'm, that's I'm saying kinda, like, yeah, Wheeler playing. Who else both, is supposed to play those minutes? That, that's the pro- that, and that's the problem is that we don't. I mean, the fact that guys like Wheeler and, and, and Trainer, who are basically our only backups at the four and five, you can't play five guys forty minutes. I mean, you can get them out there for 38, 37 minutes. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I, I disagree. Like, I, I think we played our stars as much as we could. I think we were trying to win the game. I think we just didn't. And, and you should be able to play the, the worst five guys on your roster against Lenore Ryan. But Curry not win. playing well is, is I mean, look, just nobody not, played well with us. Lethargic. And, and, and I thought James played well. I didn't think James played poorly. I mean, he was okay. He had what eight points? Yeah, he was in there twenty five minutes. He had one, I think at least one. No assist, two offense. rebounds. I mean, he was. I mean, he could have been a little more aggressive. I thought Lance could have been a little. I mean, a little bit more aggressive. And if he had been, I think he'd have been more effective. I think the same with with, with Zari as well in the short minutes he was out there, which was only a few in the first half. I mean, we had three separate streaks where we missed eight or more consecutive shots. It was yeah, unbelievable. And they weren't very bad. great shot selection as well. I mean, it just. They wanted to get the ball in the post. They weren't able to. I mean, obviously, Curry couldn't even contr- control the, the low block, which is not a good thing for him. They tried to use only Hatfield in that position. He got two nice little looks. Missed them both, unfortunately. I just yeah, I, I, I just saw where I think Payne was letting some, some was getting some guys more minutes and, and hoping to get the, 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 the cobwebs out. But, and in, in turn, he sacrificed, I believe, the game. I mean, I, th- I think that a little, a little it just stayed with some certain lineup. They could have. I'm not saying they would have won, but I think they would have been a little bit more competitive. Which is a sad thing to say when you're talking about Lenore Ryan. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the last thing I want to touch on before we take a break here and let the text line take over in the next segment is he did. I, I didn't like, and again, I said I was, was going to come off as being me. I, I am not out on Kenny Payne. I, I've I've been preaching patience. I'm going to give him the patience, but we have to react to things in the moment. And he also kind of did the thing after the game where. He basically was like, I know fans are going to be upset about this. Like, I'm watching you if you're, if you're jumping off the train. And I don't like it. I mean, it, it's we've already seen now in the last 24 hours this huge divide between the fan base. You've got – it feels like half of the fans are going over the top of the negative Kenny Payne stuff, and half of them are doing this like, you're dumb if you think that that wasn't like, okay. Like, like everything's fine. Everything's hunky-dory. It's okay to lose exhibition games to bad D2 teams by 10 points. We're going to get this thing right. Like this happens to all teams, which is not true. Like, there can be a middle ground. You can still not believe. America. Yeah, you, you think <laughs> we do everything in absolute, whether it be religion, politics, or sports. Well, we do now. I don't know why <laughs> we we didn't always. No. You can say it's your generation. I believe in Kenny Payne long term. I think that there's a good good chance that he's going to get this thing rolling. I mean, everything Kenny Bain has said this offseason, I've loved. I, I think I, I do think there's something to be said for bringing the former players back, all the unity stuff getting everybody on the same page. He seems like a, just a fantastic human being, and I love that he's directing the basketball program. You can believe all those things. You can believe that he's the guy and still say it shouldn't have looked the way that it did on Sunday. Like, th- There's no real excuse for us to lose that game and to just not play hard in, I, in your debut performance. I wasn't as, I wasn't as down on the press, post-game press conference as you are. Uh, to me, I just it came off like the dad saying, listen, if you're not, you kids aren't going to listen to me, this is what you're going to get. Yeah, but like the whole, I just I didn't buy the explanation. I, w- I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. It was kind of like, I mean, he's he's kind of acting like it's it's no big deal, like, like you know whatever. I, I, I want to see I want to see the coach pissed off. Well, I mean, in, in the long term, it is no big deal. It's an exhibition game that I mean, before we lose this game, if I had asked you for a thousand dollars, can you name me the last time we lost the exhibition game? Oh, I could have told you. Well, no. yeah, I I could have told you that one, two thousand, because I always write the previews. 
Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I knew we had the streak. I write it every November. I knew we hadn't lost since. You since, write it every since, year. Then that's that's but that's the opportunity. It's special to category. Then. I knew we hadn't lost since Danny's last year. Joe Joe the plumber, hundred people, you know, Family Feud style at the mall. Wouldn't aren't ninety out of hundred people, ninety nine aren't getting it. But yeah, but that's because we haven't lost one in so long. I know, and in several years down the road, when we get another streak going, we're gonna no one's gonna remember we lost Lenore Ryan as much. I disagree. I think Depends. those stick out because I mean there were still some people I saw that like I think we lost one to like an athletes in action or a global sports. Like you remember the loss. I think people will remember Lenore well, Ryan. I remember, I remember athletes in action. I forgot the. I was thinking the one that Crum lost. I thought that was Patino's first year actually. No, he, he never lost an exhibition game. He came close to losing to Georgetown College uh, with the the team after the Final Four year. Yeah, that was when he was doing the post game. Uh, or the in, uh, in game with the we West Virginia. Virginia. That's yeah. right. That's and we right. watched, and he was in the, he was in there talking about. Because it was like 95, 94. Yeah. Like, Could use some of this defense yesterday. You could tell he was like so pissed off. He's like, "Don't make jokes about this." And he's got to be there doing this game during the football. Yeah, he wouldn't want to be there. So yeah, I mean, it's fine to not be upset about the press conference. I like I said, I'm probably going to be more mean than most people about this. I just did not like the shrugging it off. I also don't like the whole like, you know. Fans, you better be 100%. Kind of implying that like everybody needs to be sunshine and rainbows all the time because that's it's just not the way it's going to be. I don't think it's the way it should be. I, I think you. Where'd you get that from? When he applied it to me, just the whole like when he was saying, you know, some fans are probably going to jump off the bandwagon. I get it. Like I'm, I'm watching you. Duck, don't try to come back on when we get things rolling. Which is, I mean, I'm not jumping off the bandwagon. I love Louisville basketball more than I love most things. And if we go. Oh, in 29 to start the season, I'm still going to be there watching game 30. Like, I, 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 I can't tell you the last time I just haven't watched a game. Well, I don't think he's referring to you then. Well, I would hope so. But, like, but I, I'm also, like, not sitting here saying, like, it's okay the, what happened yesterday. I, I, think, I, I think it's fine to be critical. I think you can be a critical fan and still, like, be hopeful for the future. Like, everybody wants this program to win. Maybe there's some just terrible people who just like life better when everything's terrible. I don't like sitting here talking about us losing exhibition games in the North Rhine. I don't, I'm not happy about this. If you think I am, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I want Kenny Payne to be successful. I want him to be the guy. I want Louisville basketball to get back to being what it's been for the last 15 years before all this, this period of, of terribleness that started in late 2015. I think we all do. And, and it's been an awful stretch of time. We're all ready for it to be over. We want to be back sooner rather than later. Like nobody's happy about this, but I think just act like it's not happening or to act like it's no big deal is also the the wrong approach. I think you can also, call a spade a spade and still be hopeful for the long term. But I'm also not going to make my final decision off one game. Well, no, and I'm not doing and that. Jump off the bandwagon. Well, I think there's some that some would. Some, I mean, yeah. and I think those are the ones I think he might have been referring to. Is hey, it's kind of, isn't it cool now, like Robert Saley to say the, in the, your own version of "I'm keeping receipts" type thing? Yeah, and, and I guess. That, so, a, I mean, I, I think it's fine to say. I, I don't think it's fine to say. Clearly, the Kenny Payne tenure at Louisville is going to be a failure, and we hired the wrong guy after he coached one exhibition game. But I also don't think it's right to say clearly like, he's the guy. Everybody just trusts like that it's going to be fine long term. This is no big deal. When we have we just did something that we have not done in like almost all of our lifetimes: lose an exhibition game to a, a D two opponent. Yeah, I've seen two. I mean, <laughs> maybe I don't know. I don't care. Well, that wasn't a, to a D two team though. Again. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think you can say. That should have been better. And if they don't come out and they look markedly better, if the effort level is just not, you don't even have to beat Chaminade. Just This is where we are now. Play harder, look more engaged, look like this matters to you on Thursday night a little bit, and I'll be like, okay, maybe we can work with this. This is the lead. Like, if they don't respond well to this, then I think you start to get very concerned about this season just being a disastrous four or five months ahead. Um, but it is, I, I get it, it's just one game. I mean, I, I agree. I would like to see, prog- I mean, 
God, you can't get much worse than it. I know I'm bashing on, on Trainer and Wheeler as much, but they were by far the two worst on the court for me during that game. And and, and you got to see some progress from them because you because those. I just two- want to see dudes playing hard. Yeah, that's where I am. Like if they don't take this, then all of Kenny Payne's like we needed this whooping. Then I think it becomes really hollow talk because clearly they learned nothing from it. If they don't come out and they play really hard, look engaged, look like a different team, look like they were embarrassed on Thursday night, then you're like, okay, what do we have to get excited about this season? But make it happen. It, it was, I tell you what, I, I'm done talking about it. I don't want to be mean. It was very, very disappointing for me. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to the Thornton Sex line at 502-414-1450. What were your thoughts on the debut of the Kenny Payne era? I'm sure there'll be a wide range of opinions on both ends of the spectrum that we just talked about right there. So we'll get to that after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Continues next here on Halloween on 1450 The Big X. The first time I ever watched Stranger Things, I didn't realize, like, I thought it was, I didn't know what it was. I just had it recommended to me, like, it just come out on Netflix, like, that night. Someone was like, I watched the first episode, it was pretty scary. And, like, I was, like, kind of scared when the, when the theme came on. I'm like, should I be watching this by myself? <laughs> I was, like, a little, and then I watched it, I'm like, okay, I can handle this. I, uh, so it, it was, it, the first season was just out when you started watching it? Yeah, it had, like, just come out on Netflix, like, that day. And so I started watching it. Like, I, I was like, because the first episode is kind of scary. Like when Will Myers gets abducted and, you know, you're not really sure like, what the show's about. And then it kind of levels out and you see all the nostalgia and it becomes more of a kid-friendly show. Not kid-friendly, but you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's gotten more creepier than the show. Oh, yeah, the last season was yeah. easily the creepier. Like, I feel like the first two seasons was like trying to just grab you on nostalgia. And that, that's kind of where I was recommended to it. I think the second season just come out. Yeah. And someone was like, yeah, my, I was, my, I was Renshaw, John Renshaw. It was like, you need to watch, you'll like it. You know, it's 80s this, 80s that. I know you'll, you'll, I know you're not much of a, a scare guy, but you know, it's not, it's not scary. It's just kind of, you know, more of a, a suspense. Cause I mean, it is, it gets a little scary, but not, not like, you know, nothing to make you like get scared, I guess, unless you're, you know, Patrick. <laughs> they played like a, before the Wake Forest game on Saturday, it was like an intro video. It was like Stranger Things have happened, and then like the Stranger Things theme came on. That was I, that's cool. They had, they had a lot of good like spooky season material on the social media channels leading up to the game. I thought was it was all well done. Plus Stranger Things, I tell you what, every, the last three seasons, everyone I've, I've gone into going, God, I feel like this might be the year they they jump the shark, and every year they have not jumped the shark yet on me. Yeah, I think there's only one season left, and I. I I, I mean, it's been there's very few times that a whole show will go even six seasons, and I go there wasn't a bad season in there. It's, it's, Those are so I far show, behind man. between. Uh, before we get into the text line, uh, we, we did have a basketball note that needs to be discussed here. T.J. Robinson, four uh, three star prospect, four star according to I guess the rivals rankings, three according to the twenty four seven sports composite. Point guard out of the class of twenty twenty four is committed to Louisville. He is the first commitment from the twenty twenty four class to Kenny Payne. So we went for DJ, 
went for AJ. We, we got TJ. We'll see what happens with AJ. But apparently we only like point guards with uh, with, with initialed names. Uh, he's a three-star prospect. He's the number 200 or 156 overall player in the class, according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings. He plays in that same New Jersey Scholars program that DJ Wagner and Aaron Bradshaw had played for, but he plays at the lower level, the under-16 level, and he was third in the Nike EYBL circuit this summer in scoring at the under-16 level. Uh, he's transferred to a couple sc- schools a couple of times. He's going to play at Immaculate Conception this year in Montclair, New Jersey. So we beat out uh, LSU, Georgetown, Temple, and Kansas State. It's kind of bad timing for this because like, it's good to get a commit, but on the heels of losing the exhibition game, I think there are a lot of little fans who are like, okay, now we've got a three-star point guard, and we've been told like five-star kids are coming here. I think that it was just kind of – you wish the timing had been a little bit better. Well, two right? things. One is Purvis Ellison finally coming through. That's why he's back at Louisville. Lot. He's like, I got he's, you somebody. Yeah, he brought us something. He brought us like, I mean, it was kind of like getting, you know, like when your when your aunt comes to Christmas and you get the socks or the book or something. You're like, I just want to at least give me the Russell. At least you weren't empty hand. At least give me the Russell Stover's chocolate or something. I mean, come on. The Walgreens chocolate. <laughs> well, you're you know out. what yeah. I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know that box. Ferrero Shea. <laughs> yes. In the impulse buy aisle. <laughs> You know when you get that, you're an acquaintance, right? It's fine. I'm like, like, yeah, it's, yeah it's, I'm, I'm okay with it, too. Because, I mean, I got my, you nothing. Thanks my grandmother used to buy those, like, like $100 worth of them every year. And just that would be, like, the mailman gift. The neighbor, That was a neighbor's guy. Sure. You know, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of like a purpose Ellison brought with us. The other thing that comes to mind is, I mean, <laughs> this guy watched this play and was like, I, I want to be there. I mean, what, what does that say? I don't, he had already announced does, his Does that say days. something? Okay, good. Because I was like, I don't know if that says something about us, about him. I mean, what, what about watching that submission game made you, would make you think? He knows we need the help. That's the place I want to yeah, I guess I, if I'm going to play anywhere. Playing time available. I'm playing there. Now, the, the number one uh, point guard in that 2024 class, by the way, Elliot Cadeau, on Saturday announced his top six schools. He just visited. He was in town for Louisville Live a couple of weekends ago. And he named his top six of Kansas, Louisville, North Carolina, Syracuse, Texas, and Texas Tech as his six finalists. So good news there. Like I said on Friday, it would have been really discouraging if you just had this kid on campus for your big recruiting weekend, and he had announced his top six very soon after and was that not in had order. Louisville. By the way, uh, no, no order. <laughs> the little kid was like alphabetically. Oh, okay. I just realized it was alphabetically. <laughs> K-L-N-S-T-T. There you go. Feel good. So so good recruiting news there, the T.J. Robinson thing. I, I do – I have heard, and I'm not just trying to spit rainbows here. There are people that cover recruiting who are like, he's better than than his ranking is, and he's going to show that this year. He was really good on the OIBL circuit. was not well known before the summer, but played very well. Louisville just got in ahead of the curve. So What's his last name? T.J. Robinson. Robinson, okay. So hopefully they're, they're right. Uh, they've been right before with a lot of guys, and, and we – Got the uh, the ever elusive, the much talked about diamond in the rough recruit there. It's our next T will. Next T, you know, Russ Smith was only two star prospect. Russ was only two Eric star. Wood, Eric Wood, and Russ Smith. Eric was That's how this program star. was built. All right, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Uh, you guys have thoughts? I try to skip over the early thoughts in the first hour when we were just talking football uh, about basketball. We'll, we'll get to those now. Texas says uh, we lost to a Division two school on Sunday, and now we pick up a commitment from a three star point guard. KP really coming on strong already this season. <laughs> There's going to be some of that. There's going to be some of that. Texas says, uh, UofL just landed Tyler uh, T.J. Robinson. Thank you. Texas says, Naked Louie came back one time, changed the overall program, make it permanent. I'm with you. Now we need Naked Louie in the basketball side. I'm all for Naked Louie. He's saving football. We need him helping out with basketball. He was in like a king outfit on Saturday. He was? Yeah, like a crown and like a cape. Works for me. Solid. Dressed as, I'm, I'm assuming, King Louie. King Louie. I assume it's the... I enjoy that. 
Clever. But he was wearing his jersey. He was back in his back in his Louis jersey. Didn't King Louis get beheaded? <sighs> yes. <laughs> Texas says I'm concerned that KP thinks his hokey community community focused stick is going to have lead us lead to us having patience for him to build a program. This shouldn't be a multi year rebuild and the fans will lose patience. Yeah, but I mean, he hasn't said anything about multi year. I mean, it's just been one game. It hasn't been multi game yet. I think here's the. I mean, this, we haven't in years. We're not even multi game. Exactly. We haven't played a, a game, let alone many games. <laughs> yeah. Here's the, the thing, and, and this is me repeating myself for the 50th time saying this is there are two ways that I think Kenny Payne can ease the, the, the doubts of the portion of the fan base that maybe isn't 100% in on the hire. One is to dramatically overachieve this season, right? Like that's a no brainer. You take this team to the tournament especially after what we saw on Sunday. And I think nobody really, like all of a sudden recruiting becomes less important because clearly you can coach. The other thing is, the, the other way, and this is probably the more realistic way, is to to kill with the 2023 class, which is, I mean, it's okay. Right now you've got Caleb Glenn and Curtis Williams. You still have a shot at Isaiah Miranda. We don't really know what's going on with A.J. Johnson, if we're ever going to get him on campus. But if you can get him, then all of a sudden you have a top 10 class that people are feeling good. Let's see what you can get in the form of, of, of transfers. Maybe we can have a good roster for next year. I think the concern is, let's say we get halfway through the season, the team you know, drops a, a game to a nobody in November, loses in Maui all three of their games, blown out by Maryland. Let's just say the season's not going great, and it's very clear that it's not going to get significantly better. And in the middle of that season, you're looking at a recruiting class coming in that's not changed the program impact good, not the type of uh, the level of recruiting class that we were hoping for with Kenny Payne. Then I think all of a sudden the fan base starts to get restless, and understandably so, because as we've said it a number of times, this isn't 15 years ago. It's certainly easier to turn programs around in short time now than it was before the the one-year transfer deal, before I think the NIL stuff. It's also way easier to do it in basketball than it is in football. One good recruiting class can just change a program. It may not make you national title good after being not NCAA tournament good the year before, but it certainly can make you... Top twenty five. Football and basketball. Not even close. Not even close. You, you could uh, three great players in a recruiting class and a good transfer, and boom, you're a top tier contender in your conference after being woeful the year before. Man. If it becomes apparent, maybe through this year, that that roster is not coming in year two, and this is going to be like, well, year three is the first time we have a chance to be good. Then I think people start to get a little bit impatient. Um, but he's got to he's got to show it in one of those two ways: either recruiting or on the court in the next five months, or people are going to get a little bit restless. And I think that that's kind of understandable um I think some of them are but you know. well yeah i mean and then you're going to have the contingent of the fan base right now that is they, they, again, the ones that are regardless. probably not like kenny payne fans to begin with and are just the i told you so sure texas did kenny payne say a single word during that game coaching He's he very, looked very quiet very quiet and my hope is that that was by design like it was your type deal where you're saying you know, they were full of themselves for whatever reason. I don't know how this team could be full of themselves, but they were full of themselves, and he wanted them to kind of, you know, Get, float exactly. or, or sink, and so he wasn't going to help them out himself, and he's just kind of sitting there, and he's like, this is what you get, this is what you get. The fear is that he was quiet because he didn't know what to do, and this was his first real game, you know, coaching as the guy. I know he filled in a couple of times when Calipari got tossed out of games, but it was like, I mean, I noticed it. I, I think Nolan Smith was the only guy on the bench who seemed kind of animated, which was... It felt like last year at times, which was not what you want to be feeling going into the first game of a new era. But hopefully it was just a, a one-time deal. He's trying to get across a point. He's trying to teach a lesson. And that lesson will be received, and we'll see a new team on Thursday night. As watching the game, it did give me very 
bad like acid flashbacks to watching Clyde Drexler at Houston. Because that was kind of the I don't know if you remember his. I remember Isaiah Thomas at FIU was the the one that I think of when he just like sat there the whole time. That, I mean, if you go back, your dad will remember. It, it might be a little bit before your memory, but when Drexler took over Houston, oh, I know I remember those. And things. George Gur- they Durbin's kid, I think. Caleb. And, and uh, I mean, you would just watch that game, and every time you watched Houston play, like he would just. I mean, he never said a word. He would just sit there with his arms crossed every time. It was. Just, I felt bad for Houston for to a degree, and then so but. I, I thought that during the game, listening to the post game, it, it took me away from that more to what you were talking about, which is the former of those scenarios, and that it was, I'm putting them out there. Let's see if they can float or sink. Yada yada yada. By the way, uh, Rashawn chimed in. According to Kelly Dickey, the last loss to a Division two team by Louisville was that Chaminade game back in 1983 at the Maui Invitational. Oh no! The last loss to a Division two team at home was 1956 to Eastern Illinois. Back when they were D two, and none of these are They're exhibition not, games. These, the East Hills not even D two anymore. The D one now, yeah, yeah. They, this is back when they were D two. So my assumption, based on that stat, is we've never lost an exhibition game to a lower level team before. Fifty six. That was before. The, that we weren't even in Freedom Hall yet. Freedom when Freedom Hall no. built in fifty eight. I think it was built in fifty six. Were they both in fifty? So that might have been Freedom Hall's like first game or something. Yeah, I think it was fifty six to two thousand ten point is yeah. it's been a long time since we lost to a d2 team in any level and those were games that actually counted um this was an exhibition game so a little bit different but still not not, not great i mean we're not the only ones i mean when syracuse a couple years ago lost to a d2 school in exhibition and went to the final they four. lost to everybody has thrown that out there they, they, they was the year they lost in the sweet 16 they lost to lemoyne in 09 was that what it was but the thing about that game was jim Bayham was so pissed at them for the way they practiced he made them play man-to-man the entire game they never play man and so he was Bain like he was pissed off the way they've been practicing he was i guess there. i i i hope so like i can hope it's the same because everyone's like they all syracuse lost the morning they ended up losing five games I'm like yeah but they also played man the whole game which they never ever practice or play uh, it was like a punishment like he wanted them to be embarrassed nationally because he was pissed off about something I'm sure there are other teams that have lost a division two exhibition games we just don't I mean, well i mean yeah it happens but I mean, north carolina lose one a couple years ago too didn't they not that I remember. I think Auburn might have lost one a couple years ago. Auburn did lose one a couple of years ago. It was, okay. it was the team that was bad that ended up. Um, they, usually, they usually ended up, they do. They make, ended up knocking themselves out of the tournament. They, it usually they does make headlines when it happens. But I it mean. does. It does. Uh, Texas says even if he just rolled the ball out there and told them to play, we shouldn't have looked that bad. But I'm going to wait till next weekend before I panic. Yeah, I'm not panicking, but I agree with that. Like that, and, and there's no excuse for that team looking as bad as they did. You would think that you think that Louisville at some point should win the game just on being af- more athletic and just start and, trying at some point, right? Yeah, but they never tried. They never looked like they they, they cared. Like, they never looked like they tried. They would get down by six. I'm like, at one point, I'm looking up. They're walking the ball up. They're kind of they're making like nobody wanted to do anything with the ball. Like they're just passing it around. Everybody just kind of wanted to not screw up. Nobody's making it concerted. Nobody's putting pressure on the other team defensively. And I'm like. There's four minutes left, guys. Like, the, the, the defense is start what bothered me. At some point. I mean, the offense was one thing, but the defense is what annoyed me more than anything during the entire. I mean, just just, 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 just ignorance on defense. They the best way I can put. And, and I know because I guess some people are like, "Whoa, did you see that they had a couple shots where we were all over and they hit it?" That's great. They hit like two of those. Yeah. Did you see the other 19 wide open shots they had, or lanes that were wide open? Because I mean, there was one play I want to say we're, we're, we're JJ. I'm sorry. Hey. I was backing you last year, but I don't know what you're doing in that doghouse. But he clearly wasn't studying game film. I mean, just there was one. There was one cut where he just. I mean, he just didn't even didn't even switch. Well, there was, and Justin Rank did it. He, he actually, God love him, dove into the film last night and put together a film review post on Card Chronicle this morning. 
there was a play late in the game. I mean, we're down by nine with two minutes to go. We desperately need to stop if we're going to have any chance to win this game. And their point guard is just dribbling. And LL is just staring at the ball off. His man is on the right wing. He's just staring at the ball. His man cuts the basket, yeah. and he just d- doesn't even see him. It's an easy layup. They go up by 11. At that point, the game's over. Like Stuff like that just kept happening where I'm like, I don't care if it's like, is this a system thing? Have you ever played basketball before? Like, this is standard defense. Like, what, what are we doing? We don't know when to switch. We don't know where to go. We're just not paying attention. It was a, an overall just completely dismal and odd performance. And also, I don't mean to mean, and I, 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 nothing against like Jody and Camp, but I could do without every. LLS is not saving this team. He didn't play well yesterday. And it, just, it was like, we need LLS out there. We need LLS out there. And it's not just them. It's, you know, you see on social media and you hear from other people. We need LLS out there. You, you got to get LLS out there. Well, we clearly Dude, did. You need him out there, but it didn't. Listen, LLS is not like. Let's, let's, let's just calm down how good LLS really is to begin with. To be fair, though, he's, like, he's a good. The he's offense a, only worked when he was out there. We had seven assists. He had six of them. Like, we, nobody. Hersey Miller and Fabio Basilli. They look, they had no idea what they were doing. Also, being right now the best part on this team is like being the skinniest kid at fat camp. I mean, it just it doesn't mean you're that really that great. It doesn't, but it also means the team can't operate at anything near their like maximum capacity when you're not on the floor. And I think we saw <sighs> that when we we were good. We were up eight two before he got two fouls. The one difference is he he could get in the lane and help the collapse, which Miller and 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 Fabio could not. They couldn't do, do anything. They they could not. I thought Lance could, but he just, every time he'd get a step, he would just hesitate. And it was just aggravating when I'd see him do it every time. He, looked, I mean, everybody besides Ellis and Jalen looked very unsure. But the problem was when Ellis got in the lane, it was like one out of four chance. He was, he was like the dude hitting the goals and Mountie Ducks. It was like one out of five. He'll make the right decision. Yeah, I mean, he didn't play well, but he was the only guy who could make anything happen, which I think is going to be this team's biggest problem this year. Um, he didn't score until late in the game. He looked like he was trying too much. I think to be the pass first point guard. Uh, when he was out there. And then the fouls obviously just wrecked his game. But he, one of seven from the field, six assists, four turnovers. It's it's not going to get it done. There's no way around it. All right, we talked over the top of the hour. we got to take a break. When we come back, we can continue this conversation a little bit. I do want to shift back into football at some point so we can feel good. Maybe we'll take more texts. We get into, didn't get to many there in the first half of the next hour, and then we can go back to football so we can just end happy and not be all uh, doom and gloom on this Monday. That should be, like I said at the beginning of the show, more joyous than down. Because the football game mattered more, and it was more impressive, and the basketball game's an exhibition. We can move on Thursday. i got something positive to tell you over the weekend. All right. Well, we'll save that thought. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to Trevor's positive thought coming up in hour number three. It's the Mike Rutherford Show continues next here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. I've heard this 75 times in the last four days. First time I've heard it was last night. Really? I mean, again, Virginia's obsessed with it. Obsessed. And I've never seen the movie. It's solid. I didn't, I didn't realize I like Danny Eflin, Eflin wrote, wrote the song. Elfman? Yeah. It's the guy from uh, Oingo Boingo. Yeah, he did that, He among other things. Well, he's he's kind of, well. That's that was the band he was in that was popular. Correct uh, through the eighties, and now he's become like the the, the main man of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah I've for sure. That, yeah, uh, but yeah, he did. It. I mean, there's a lot of guys. But he did the song. It's a dead man's party. Yeah, who could ask for more? Yeah, I hadn't cool. seen I hadn't seen this movie since I was like until I became an adult. Like I didn't see it when it came out. I do remember it 
vividly, I went on a, I was like the third wheel when I was a little kid. My brother went on a date and brought me along to go see Rudy at the theater with his college girlfriend at the time. Nice. And I remember like the Nightmare Before Christmas was on every movie poster. It was all over the place. I remember being creeped out by it. I didn't want to see it as a kid. And then I watched it as an adult and liked it. And now Virginia as a three-year-old is just all about it. But you mentioned before the show, before the uh, the end of the last hour, you had something positive to say. We need After the basketball discussion, which we'll get back to a little bit here in the, the third hour, we need something uplifting. Give me the positive story that you teased there. I went to Jaggers over the weekend. Jagger, I did too on Friday. Yeah, you went Friday, and here's the thing: I went Friday too, and I got there, and the line was—I mean, when I say when I say long, I mean long. It was you bailed. I would have had to have been—I don't know if the way to describe it, if anyone's ever been there, but like the main road leads in the parking lot. I was in the main road still, like yeah. that, it was out that far, and the I Dutchman's, was Dutchman's, I think, yeah, yeah, on Dutchman's. Well, it was there's the turn road. off, Dutchman's. yeah, side road That's before right. Dutchman's they, actually, and I was like, okay, this is. I'm hungry. I had because I didn't eat lunch before the show, and I was like, I, I, "I'm not going to do this." And so I was like, I'm, I, "I hate to do it. I want to try this place." I'm bouncing. Ordered some China One as I was literally pulling out of their parking lot, so it would meet me at the house on DoorDash. And then I, I texted you and told you, and you were like, "Well, you should." Your first response, I guess, was they're Chick Fil A level. They move quick as far as the, the fast food. Level. And you, I was like, yeah. "Okay." I was they move like, fast. I, I, maybe I did. I, if I'd known that before, I might have given them another shot. So Saturday, I go up there. I actually leave the house on a Saturday. This is impressive. This is a big deal. That, that right there alone should have told you I was giving this a You were shot. excited. And uh, I get out there, and it, was, um, it wasn't it was too busy, but you nailed it. Like, they were, do, they were doing the orders just like Chick-fil-A out there with the people. Uh, there was only a few cars in front of me. Flew right through them. Yep. Got me a uh, – first thing, first thing I asked them when I pulled up, I was like, well, let me get the spicy chicken sandwich combo. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you have to drink? They're like, we have Coke props. I said, do you have Melilla? He goes, yes. I said, good vibes already. You knew it. Already na- already nailing the vibes like a prom date. So I'm like, okay, like give me, let me get that, you know, cheese only. And I was like, I want to also get a, 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 a bacon cheeseburger as well by itself because I want to try both. I know I'm, I'm yeah, listen, I'm fat. Deal with the people. I've accepted <laughs> it. You accept it. How much was it? Uh, $28? The price? I don't even remember, to be honest with you. I was so excited. Just the Mel Yellow just already grabbed me. <laughs> and I get it. I actually ate the, I was kind of hungry, so I ate the burger at the light. Very good, tasty burger. It's the t- but the spicy chicken sandwich, delicious. Chef kiss. Told you, I told you you like it. I mean, it's first of all, anybody who likes to try to claim Popeyes, you take your Kmart spicy chicken sandwich and shove it. Okay, that stuff sucks. All right, you want to come with KFC? Take that crap and flush it down the toilet because that's where it belongs. The only spicy chicken sandwich till now was Wendy's. This one gives Wendy's a run for their money. It's good. Chick Fil A is good too. Chick Fil A is decent. But this is this this is right there. Them and Wendy's are right there. A one A one B right now to me. You have a little string fries, also good. Not to mention the string fries had like a kind of a what's the word I'm looking for a, a, a flavor to them. Like That's it was seasoning. Yeah, seasoning. Thank you. It wasn't like the the normal string fries you get from Steak and Shake, which have no flavor to it. Correct. These had like a Cajun kind of kick to it almost. I'm telling you, it's very good. I got a milkshake on Friday. Delicious as well. I didn't try the milkshake. I'm kind of tempted. I would, I, if they didn't have milk yellow, I would have gotten a milkshake with my combo. But I'll say this. But if you want to know where Trevor's going to be around 630, I'm going to go up to Jaggers after this show. And wow, get me again. back again already. I mean, I'm going to go Love up there it. and get me another spicy chicken combo. Maybe get a milkshake with it too to take home and put. You know, I did get graders last night. Okay. And greater, I, I went with the seasonal. I got pumpkin ice cream, cinnamon ice cream, and coconut ice cream. Jeez. 
Yeah. We got a Grey's Ice Cream Cake for John's birthday. Delicious. Did you? What kind? Was it like just, a just like the celebration one. Okay. Like the little basic one with the sprinkles. Well, cakes are expensive. Most of money bags. Well, First thing you have a financial guy. We do. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Shout out to Mark Cool. Love you. Although I know he's upset about the basketball team as well. Uh, we texted him a little bit over the weekend, but he was very excited about football. Again, it was the yin and the yang of the weekend that was. I, I should say also. Saturday afternoon before John's big party, we got him dressed up for the cards game. We rocked the shirt that Trevor gave him for, that, yeah. for his birthday. Fits him like a glove. You, you, for now. Give him, give him a week. Well, you did the right thing. He's He just turned one. You got him the 18-month-old shirt, which is he's, he's a hoss. He's a big boy. He's, and it fit him beautifully. Like, all the other UFL stuff does not fit him. So, like, we got, got him the shirt. I took him and the dog for a walk while Mary was getting the house ready. And like we just rolled around throwing elves up at people, getting ready for the game, and he was uh, he was living life. It was he was he was loving it. Did you do you actually do the do the neighborhood or by Wagner? You just walk around and throw elves. Just up throw elves everywhere. No, I don't do that. But, <laughs> but I was wearing a Louisville shirt, and he was wearing his Louisville shirt. So yeah, I picture the the We Are Marshall movie when Matthew Connolly runs out on game day outside. We were just walking down the street. That's how it is <laughs> for me. Just, He's like, it's game day. They're waiting for Mike to go on his walk all over the neighborhood. Now, if I do see somebody in the UVL shirt, though, I'll give him a go cards. They'll give a go cards back. Yeah, I do that with the only time I do that now is when I see people with Eagles stuff, and I'll say, I'll, just, I'll give them a go birds. But you don't talk to people in public. That's true. Yeah, so it doesn't really happen. <laughs> I tell you what, we started the show off. I said I wanted the first hour to be just football because football deserved certainly its own hour. I want to get back into a little bit of football before we end the show just because those are the positive vibes. But we talked so long about basketball in the first segment, the second hour, we didn't get too many texts. So I, I do want to make sure that people feel heard on the text line at 502-414-1450. So we'll, we'll get some thoughts here, and then we'll take a break. Then we'll come back and we'll talk football. So 502-414-1450 is the Thornton text line. Love our guys over at Thorntons. Love Kelly Leonardo. Love Alex Kepper. And love you on the text line. It's your damn show. You have input. Take it away here. I stopped at the Thorntons also <laughs> on Saturday that that I was told my love of my... Oh, no. Now, but here's the thing. I was... I didn't feel like I was in the right, like, frame of mind and appearance to meet her. So I, I just got my gas and I didn't go in. Okay. That's, that's that bad? That's right. No, you're fine. Because, okay, I wasn't, wearing a, I wasn't wearing a wrestling shirt. Next time you'll be ready. Kind of fried. I was just I was just like, it was, you know, maybe not, not, maybe not the right moment. This this doesn't have the right meat cue up adding to it. Okay. Okay. Texture says, uh, by the way, Texture says, Trevor, not impressed with a win over a top 10 team for Satterfield who's killing it in recruiting, but just brushing off a loss to a lower D2 basketball with recruiting not living up to the hype. You have kind of been in a little bit of a uh, I, anomaly. I here. was, but I said this. I'm, 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 I'm trying to stay positive with the basketball because this is the one and only example. The football, I've been burned just for, again, the – the burn in the relationship for three years now. I'm just not falling for it. Last year, I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker, and you saw what happened at Kentucky. I'm not, and then you saw what happened at Air Force. I'm not doing it again. You got to, you got to show me more to get me more forgiving you and let you back in the house. I'm so jaded about the Kentucky stuff. I think if, if we win three straight, I still don't even know if I could pick us to beat Kentucky. I don't think I so either. I might be like, okay, cool. And I just watched, I'm happy. But I just watched Kentucky just get completely creamed by Tennessee. And now they've got guys that are hurt. Like, Will Levis is not looking as good as we thought he was going to be. And I'm still I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not buying it. <laughs> Texas Mike, it's okay that uh, Kenny might not be a great coach. We just landed a 2024 three-star. He has that dynamite recruiting going. I told you people were going to react this way to that. The timing yeah. was, was bad for this kid to commit. Uh, Texas, I'm a six eight specimen of a man that has a free that has free college, college chicks digging me and nil money. I need healing. All caps. Okay, did I miss something? Yeah, he's kind of making fun of the whole like 
this team needs to heal. They've got to heal. The Kenny Payne saying like they need this whooping because they're they're broken from last year. I I'm not gonna go that far just to make fun of it, but I I agree with the sentiment. I I think that. They didn't need that loss yesterday. They didn't. If they did, then... Well, no one needs to lose to Division Two. No, exactly. And, and if if it were any other scenario, if this were last year's team, then maybe I can buy the whole I need that. This is a team that has worse expectations, lower preseason expectations than any Louisville team in the history of my life before them. They shouldn't need added motivation. They shouldn't need a wake-up call. They should have been awake. And they have a first-year head coach. Playing time across the board is open for competition. To have that type of performance, that lackluster, that zombie effort, I just don't. I just don't get. Texas, I know everyone is expecting a rough basketball year. What if worst case they go like five and twenty six? Would that put Kenny's job in jeopardy? I don't think. Even if it's like Crean's first season at Indiana, bad, which he had certainly more of an excuse than Payne would Probably to have that type of record this way year. Way more of an excuse. Exactly. Even if he has that type of season, I think he's like he's his job's not going to be in jeopardy after one year. Would it potentially put heat on him for like year two? Maybe. No, it does. It probably. You go five and twenty six with without the standards that were laid on on Crean at IU, then, then yeah, they're, they're, you're not you're not fired, but that seat is is warm. You could have a Gillespie type deal you, where you're going up yeah, to two. You've got you've got. I mean, and, I think you have to give him three. I do. I wouldn't be happy about it if we go five and twenty six and then like eleven and twenty the next year. But I think you have to give them. I mean, I guess if, if, if there are circumstances to it outside of just straight up, you know, they're going. Fight. But no, I mean, this is. I mean, we've we've had some. I, mean, I know this team isn't. We've very had talented, some premature but, conversations before. This is over the top premature. Yeah. Like we don't we don't need to even entertain this. There's this is um, just like when the college select team beat the 1992 dream team. Am I right? I like that. I like that. Text. <laughs> text that I'm interested in how Payne coaches players with much less talent. His UK players could just win one-on-one with superior talent. It will be interesting for sure. I am too. Uh, um, I, I want to see what happens here. I, I, I want to see this team overachieve to the point where they, I mean, are at least competitive with most teams in the ACC. I, I we didn't see. We're not off to a great start. That's all I can say. An understatement. Texas, I'm just joining the show. Did Trevor hit the ATM after the game yesterday? <laughs> what? I don't know. Did the, you bet against us on Saturday? Actually, I, yeah, I did. I lost. Yeah. Texas, if the IERP gives us a one-year ban, it could be perfect timing since Louisville probably won't sniff the NIT this year. A new culture will develop with the roster overall. I'll be patient and give him two years to struggle. Third year needs to be a top seven seed in the tournament or better, if it's still rough at year three, we start over again. I, I think those expectations are too low. Like To say we need to be a seven seed in year three, what are we doing? Like, I mean, by year three, I'd like to be competing more for a four seed. Yeah, I'd like to be. I mean, we were a four seed in Patino's second year. We were a seven seed in Max's first year, and we're on pace to be a top four seed in his second year. No, but to fairness, though, in Patino's first year, he did have Reese Gaines. We have no one near that good on this team. We don't, but Patino I mean, also said it. I mean, Patino also inherited a team that was probably worse the year before than last year's team was here. You confused me there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Denny's last team was just as bad, if not worse, than the team last year, and that's what Patino inherited. Didn't bring in the only big level recruits that he brought in were kicked off the team by December in Bender and Hurt, uh, <laughs> and he still, you know, he had that team flirting with the NCAA tournament. And then a year later, they won Conference USA and they were a four seed. Um, I, I think that we have to up the expectations just a little bit. But he at least had one the individual. Player. He had all American for sure. Yeah, and that's something. That yeah, yeah. I mean, Gaines is better than probably our top three pairs combined right now. I think that you're probably right there. Texas, I can't believe that we lost to a school named after my mom's perfume. 
Somebody said that was the name of like a band too, like a, a, a country music band. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, we're also, with, as far as the IAP stuff is, we're now flirting because my the timeline my guy gave me was wrong. Nope. We're not, unless it happens today, which I don't think it's going to happen after five o'clock on October 31st. We're getting into November without a ruling from the IRP. It would be a Halloween thing to do, wouldn't it? We are flirting now with the disaster scenario, which is the season starts, it starts poorly. It's clear that this team is not going to be like a tournament team. And then we get hit with the postseason ban for next year because they don't want to do it in season. Like that's, it's in play. That would be an absolute catastrophe for this program. Because then you've got then Kenny Payne has no chance to be good before year three, and I wouldn't say no chance. If he's a quality coach, he can still be good. Well, I mean, we wouldn't have a tournament to play for in year two, so it, it wouldn't even matter if we were good. Like it, it'd be impossible for him to recruit. It'd be it'd be bad. Uh, Texas says this comment from Payne made zero sense. "Quote: We needed this whooping. We needed this loss because there is something that happened in this program before I got here that hasn't healed yet." I kind of agree. I, I didn't. I, I didn't really get it. I, I don't. I don't know. Texas, I agree with you, Mike. I want KP to be successful here, but if people aren't going to criticize him, then what are we doing? He chose to take over a top ten job in college basketball. This job comes with expectations. There's a strange faction of this fan base that thinks KP is a god and refuses to even consider criticizing him. Well, I'm, I don't don't think there's. You can criticize him, but I mean, I think don't think you can also make a full judgment after one game. No, which was what I say. Like, yeah. there has to be something in between. But there are some people who are like mad that people are even talking negatively about losing by ten to a D two team in an exhibition. And those people, I understand just as little as the ones who are saying you've got to fire him, or it's clear that he's not the guy after one exhibition game. Right. Right. Thank you. Just making sure we're on the same page. I know you got the insider over there. Yeah, you got lucky. I know. <laughs> Texas, I think KP's statements about fans jumping off the bandwagon is to protect his players. Look at the reaction for part of this fan base for an exhibition loss. He's willing to take the heat, so he's trying to absorb the criticism. He's been tempering expectations ever since he got here. He's a positive man. He's going to teach and coach with a positive attitude. Wasn't too positive yesterday. No, although he did. I, I don't know how you thought felt about this. A little too joking for after coming off a loss, too well, smiley. I mean, smiling as he shook Everett Sullivan's hand yeah. at the mid table. Like, there's a picture of him smiling, and like the, the three people at the scores table look horrified as they're like staring up. It's just, it's yeah. a funny picture. It didn't bother me as much as it bothered some people. The, like when I initially saw it, I was kind of like, "Come on, man!" Like, you know what? I, I know that there are coaches that lose to family members sometimes, or guys they've coached with before. The really great ones, I don't think I ever see like. Laughing about it. Well, it's, they it, always seem it pissed off about it. Go back to the whole whatever luncheon or whatever when it was, where he was talking about, you know, I want to be. Able, we should root for Kentucky. We should be. We should like Kentucky. You know, then when we play them, but when we're not playing them, we should root for them and want them to be good. And little fans, including myself, was like, no, no. no well, don't, I don't, think every little fan was like, no. You, don't, even don't the ones, say that. Yeah. But that's the kind of that. But I mean, didn't you see? You know, with him, you know, being embracing Everick and you know, kind of smiling even though you lost the game. It's like. Okay, I mean, I, I, I don't care. I, if you can coach, you can coach, but don't give me, like, the Ned Flanders routine. He also ended his press conference by telling the media that they should give Efrik Sullivan a standing ovation when he comes in, which, one, the media doesn't need to be giving standing ovations to anybody. That's not how it operates. They're supposed to be impartial. Two, no. Like, like, <laughs> like, like let's not do that. Texas, I feel like UofL goes harder on social media fronts, but the actual product, not so much. For the what? 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 
<laughs> they go harder on social media for what? They go harder on social media fronts, but not the actual oh, fronts. Okay. Yeah, so, social media has been great. I'm not going to fault so, Louisville being really good at social media, but yeah, the social media game in recent years has been better than the the product on the floor, and also the intro videos. They've been incredible, and man, they have to match up to the men's basketball team. You would have liked that joke if you weren't doing the Cardinal Insider right now. Well, I, I, it's okay. I, I, I well, it threw me off because I was like, social media. There's nothing great about social media. It's like the, the mouth. The, the I was making the, a reference to me doing the intro video. Oh actually. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you jinxed this. I, I did. Forgot. Texas, yeah. we need to have a the Golden Knights parachute into the Yum Center, guaranteed win. It worked on Saturday for the football team for sure. Golden Knights beat uh, Cincinnati on Saturday. They're now ranked. We have two. We're one of only three teams in college football right now that has multiple wins over top twenty-five opponents. I mean, and we're number one in the American. You can't look if you're an American team. Don't even think about playing us. Two top 25 teams, potentially at least two more on the schedule, although I think either UK or NC State probably fall out if we beat them. But Clemson would be three. Because NC State plays till this week also. They play Wake this weekend. Maybe, I mean, we've damaged Wake so One badly. of those drops out. I just say one of those probably one drops of those out. Drops one of those drops out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One's like 20, the other's like, what's NC State What did now? Wake drop to 20? Wake dropped to 20. Yeah. What's NC State now, like 23? They're down there, yeah. I think they're 22, 23. One of them drops out. <laughs> Wake, Wake one dropped. I mean, I mean, at NC State, they were twenty first. Then they won and they dropped two spots. Yeah. <laughs> Texas, is it possible to be a good coach who is quiet on the sidelines and just coaches in huddles? It's a real question because I don't know. Uh, there aren't many of them. I mean, there have been. It depends. Uh, I mean, it's a bad example because it's professional. But Larry Bird was like that as a Pacers coach. I can't think of a college coach. Larry Bird never. I mean, he straight faced, never showed emotion. I mean, Wooden was the ultimate. Like, did not. Talk yeah. much during games, but that's a bygone era. But the NBA is a completely different level. You're talking and about the NBA is a different. Game. Yeah, you're talking about a team that had you know Rick Smiths and Reggie Miller and Chris Mullen. I know. So, on it. so if we're talking about college coaches, like I can't think of one. Can you? Uh, no, I mean, no. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, Cheney wasn't. I mean, he was an electric outside the court, but he was he's pretty bad on the court too. I was gonna say, it wasn't wasn't mild man. The guy Lewis. I'm I'm just yeah. I mean, I can't think of one that's been successful that wasn't. Can you think of a live coach, by the way? You're just like going way back in time. Well, I'm, trying, thinking, to, I'm trying to go back in like the 80s and maybe to when it was less. Like, I was thinking more current, like a college coach who's very good right now who's pretty quiet on the silence, and I can't really think of no, one. No, I mean, I can't think of one in the history of the game right off the top of my head. Sort of maybe wouldn't. Texas says, uh, Coach Kenny Payne, rope-a-dope, boss level. <laughs> Here's hoping. I like the attitude, though. Texas says, um, did we score a field goal whenever Ellis was out of the game? If we did, it was not they, – they were few and far between. The ball just didn't move. Like, nobody did anything I mean, when we, Ellis was out of the game. We didn't score many field goals when he was in the game, so, I mean, I don't know what's – Well, when he got two fouls, we were up. We had we scored eight in the first segment, then he gets two fouls, we're up eight to two. He comes out, and we just – like, nobody did anything. Like well, no, the, the stretch when we were up 14-9, to nine, and then I don't think we scored – I don't think we scored another field goal for, like, 12 minutes. We went a long time, and then we went – I think we had – one field goal in the first 12 minutes of the second half. Um, it was that was the lineup awful. when it was Miller and Lands, Ree and uh, and Wheeler in there, and just everybody just would get the ball in the perimeter and just not even try to drive. Texas is Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? I need TK to weigh in. Well, you've never seen it, never seen it, so I can tell you it's a Tim Burton movie, so it's probably stupid. It's a Halloween movie, <laughs> probably makes no sense. And Die Hard's a Christmas movie, yes. no, it's not, yes. Dyer is not a Christmas movie. It's Home Alone a Christmas movie. Yeah, and you get your mic turned off for saying Dyer's a Christmas movie in this in this studio. 
Now, Home Alone's a Christmas movie. Okay, if Home Alone's a Christmas movie, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Oh, yes, we're because, not, just because not, the movie lands on a holiday. We're not Hulk, doing this. Hook is a Christmas stop, movie stop, as well. Stop, stop. I mean, home is, I, I'm being very serious now. We're not doing this. We're not doing this on a day where Louisville has two games to react to. We're not doing the, the worst low bottom of the barrel radio talk. We're not, we're, not, we're not doing it. We'll go back to the text line. We have like 55 texts to get to. Text says, what a great pick in the Curious Journal yesterday of the... I'm not, not, I'm not reading that. <laughs> you want to go back to our top? Now we go back to Die Hard. Now we go back to Die Hard. <laughs> just that I asked for a sign that Cardinal basketball is about to turn around, and my cat just brought me a dead Cardinal, and he sends a picture into the dead. I didn't need to see the dead Cardinal. I, I believe you. How is it? Find a, you find a dead, what's wrong with your cat? Cats eat birds sometimes. My cat's never, Ward never catches a bird. He always catches just uh, chipmunks and mice. Text says uh, KP just seems aloof or naive of the rea- to the reality of the fan base's expectations. His dealing with the NIL and roster building seems ass backwards, and he just expects people to be content. They'll be content until I mean, if we do have a season where we win like single digit games this year, that he's going to learn real fast that that's not it's not going to happen. No. Texas, it's more about lack of effort and KP's lax demeanor after the game than losing the game. You need fire to win at a high level, at least on the court. That's I mean. That's where my biggest concern is. If if the team had gone out and competed and played insanely hard and lost by 10 to a Lenore Ryan team that was just out of their minds, then that's one thing. But to get beat by 10 when you just look like you don't give a bleep, that was the most... I, I thought Sunday could go bad for a number of reasons. I did not think that was on the table. I didn't think lack of effort would be something that we'd have to be talking about ever again because Kenny Payne's not going to stand for that. New coach, new energy, new players. Everybody trying to compete. Everybody trying to get over what happened last year. The newcomers, they're trying to compete for playing time. Like, that should not be a concern in your first time on the court, and it was. I, I just, I can't, I could not have been more surprised. Texas, Louisville should never lose a game like yesterday, full stop. But as anyone look at the, at the crappy roster he inherited, it's the worst in 50 years at least. It's, I, it's I think both good. those things are true. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's certainly not good. Texas, where will you be? If they lose to Bellarmine, I mean, somewhere face down in a ditch, it'll be it'll be bad. I will say this, though. The roster is not good. It's not the most talented team. But in college basketball, that should be no excuse if you're a decent coach. I, you still should be able to not make, lose by 10 to Lenore Ryan. Yeah, and yeah. be and still be competitive in certain games. Like, if you're if you're a good enough coach. Now, if you're not a great coach, then and you get a bad roster, then, well, we're, we're, we may find out what that, that is. It's like, you know, mixing you know ammonia and bleach, but I mean, if you if you if you can if you can coach, I mean, like I said, I mean, we see, for sure you saw Patino take over teams, and whether it be first year at Kentucky or first year at U of L, and even though his first year at U of L did have was probably a better, more talented team than this is, just off gains alone, he's gonna get the most. He's gonna get the most out of it. I the roster last year was bad. Like, like there's no way around it, and they still were as bad as that team was. They were competitive more times than not. I mean, there were a couple of games where they clearly were just ready for the season to be over, but they were should have beaten North Carolina once, had them on the second game too. They were right there yeah. in, the, in the final minutes as a North Carolina team that was a couple of minutes away from winning a national title, played with Duke. I mean, they played with everybody who was good in the ACC, more or less. They had a couple of games where they just kind of lay down late in the season, but they were always, almost always competitive. Yeah. And like, if that's not true this year with a new head coach, then I think you start to get a little bit concerned. Texas says it's tournament next year or bust. 
Next year, sort of. I, Unless with the IRP, IRP stuff. thing, yeah. yeah, I would 100% agree with that. I think we both laid out sort of our like four year expectations, which mine were, you know, this year, like, culture, have that come through, play hard, look like you know what you're doing as a head coach. Like, showing some improvement to the year a little bit. Yeah, I'd like to be at least in spots at worst. I, mean, I think my bar was be better than you were win total wise last year. Like that that's kind of where I'm for year one. You don't have to make the tournament for me to be happy. But, just be better than EMU. Well, yeah, you've got <laughs> financial in, uh, interest there. Year two, I said I want to make the tournament. Year three, I'd like to be comfortably in the tournament and be competitive like in the upper tier of the ACC. Year four, I think it should be all systems go, right? You should be if the recruiting's going the way that it should, you're out of the cloud of the NCAA. There should be no excuse for us not to be operating at the, the highest level that Kenny Payne's possible of taking this program to. And that's the four-year plan. If you're not all, all expectations go in year four, then it's time to go find a new coach. Yeah, I think that that's where you should be. Again, all that coming with the big caveat of assuming the IRP doesn't just destroy you, which yeah, is well. who knows. Texture says, uh, how loud does it get if we miss on A.J. Johnson? Louder, for sure. <laughs> no question about that. Texture says, I don't agree with Trevor's point at all about who Patino had in year one and year two. It's Kenny's job to bring in the studs. This was supposed to be the one guarantee with him, too. This is Louisville basketball. What are we doing? How are we okay with a seven seed in year three and three-star recruits? Well, I mean, he couldn't bring in. We I don't know how more to describe why he, we couldn't make this this first year recruiting class suddenly like John Wall and I mean even 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 Cal's first recruiting class in the UK wasn't even a recruiting class. He just took all the guys he'd already taken to Memphis. Well, like more about the transfers, the transfer portal. Well, I mean, they're they're just. I think Payne has said it himself, and to be blue in the face, he's trying to build a culture, and clearly, some of the guys that we may have passed on didn't match what he wants to start off with. I, I guess I mean you, you can't it, just say that though. Like like we had there are a million guys out there, and we said thanks but no thanks to some guys for talent reasons, not just culture reasons. Um, guys that we could have had that could have been. I mean, some of those guys could be our second or third best players. Like we, you could not have swung and missed the way that we did in the transfer portal, or you're going to have this type of team. Like you could have done more in the off season, and we. Didn't. I don't know, but is it worth it though? To if, if you, that. Maybe and I and I don't speak for you know all the guys. I mean, I know there's a few players that you're speaking of, but like not not the like the I'm not talking about Bates or Deal or Johnson. I'm talking yeah, about you're a talking million about like other Hunter guys or what was the Sean the, McNeil? Yeah, I mean, I maybe those. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they didn't he, meeting them. They did. They weren't what he wanted to bring in in terms of the team chemistry. And that and, and I will say, I mean, you're gonna have to back it up if you do it. But if that's the case. I mean, is it worth like bringing in guys just because they may be better if it's going to just make the whole team just what it was last year again? Well, I mean, thirty-seven percent of college basketball was in the transfer portal this offseason. You can't tell me that you couldn't find one or two guys that met the culture standards for this program. Like, like we needed help. We needed help. We got none, and that's to me well, it's not the first none, but none. We needed we guards didn't... the entire offseason. We got none. We got masterpiece kid as a walk on. That was it. We need more. First of all, after watching that again, we need way more than just guards. Well, we do, we but did we did bring in Henley Hapto, which we guards. needed. But I mean, we need we need help on the front line and the backcourt. Well, but we had five big guys already. Like we, you, you needed guards. You knew that there was playing time available. We got none, and now we're in a position where if Ellis gets hurt or something happens to him, we've got. Th- th- there's no way for this team to succeed right now. At least that's the way it looked on Sunday for sure. Texas says, "Did Kenny put his uh, on his resume that he will bring five stars to Louisville, or was it just expected?" Was I mean, expected. It was expected, and also everybody who follows basketball said it. Like. 
and it, I, I'm still expecting it. If it doesn't happen, then it's a huge disappointment because that's, I mean, he's he's the guy. He's the recruiting guy. That was uh, like that was the big sell in getting him this job. If he doesn't start doing it when we get out from the cloud of the IRP and the program gets going, then yeah, I'm going to be disappointed for sure. Texas says, um, man, people are upset. <laughs> and me or just in general? In general. Oh, well, I've been surprised. Texas, are we concerned that Kenny could be too laid back and too nice? The way he handled the press after the media, after the loss, was more concerning to me. It's it too early for any of this. Like, like I, We're reacting to it on the fly. Like I didn't like it yesterday, but I'm not saying like it was a concern for me in the short term. I'm not talking about big picture concerns just yet. If it, if it keeps happening, then sure, we'll have that discussion. But right now... I mean, I said, like, I, I, I'm going to be mean. I was not happy with the, the way the game w- went, obviously, yesterday for a myriad of reasons. I didn't like some of the comments that were made after the game. But I'm not looking at it as a big-picture thing. I just didn't buy the excuses that were made or the explanations that were given. But I, I don't think it's like a Kenny Payne's clearly too nice to get the job done. I, I don't think there's anything, one way or the other, that says he clearly has this asset. It's why he's definitely going to be the guy. Or he clearly has this asset, and it's why he's definitely not going to be the guy. I'm not drawing any extremes from one exhibition game in late October. I would like to see a little fire out of him, though. I would, too, but I'm not going to. I mean, he doesn't have to, like, you know, go crazy on me. but He doesn't have to be Patino, but I would like to see a little bit more. But, again, one game, one exhibition game, mm-hmm. doesn't even matter. Who's to say? Maybe he comes. Maybe he throws a chair on Thursday night. We don't know. We have no idea what this man's going to do. We've got no idea might how this season's going to go. He might be one of the players, though. <laughs> Texas says the culture talk sounds like BS to me. Talent acquisition just simply needs to be better. I agree. This- I, I did. I didn't like the the one thing about the press conference that did annoy me was he pulled out like a a, a minor version of the Patino. Work, you know, I'm not playing this game. Yeah, Derek's Reese not games, playing this can't game. Shoot, Reese, Danny yeah. like I, I say, I say it and I laugh every time. Like we, we know, I, I, that, that one I could do without, just because I'm just sick of hearing the, the the they're not coming to the store or any other version of it. I'm just it, it, move on, come up with something new. Texas, if he was going for team chemistry, what chemistry did we see on Sunday? Guys just standing around and not giving effort was what he was looking for. I think that was his point of saying, if you're not going to listen to me and do what I say, then this is what's going to happen, and and that's what they did, and that's what happened. Yeah, that's that's what I took from it. I could be wrong. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, that's just how I took it, though. Texas, our very online fan base in their twenties and thirties only has Patino as a frame of reference. I'm not happy with the first eight months, but demanding a yelling, screaming coach is wrong. He does need to adjust nil. I mean, I would take the Denny fire. I mean, like I watched the the end of the Wake Forest game when I was getting ready for the the, the clip. I was gonna put a clip on the game preview for the football game. And I mean, he like pushes the camera out of the way after he loses that game. Like he's furious, he's pissed off. Like, well, Denny I, had some heated moments. Denny definitely had some heated moments. He was more of a dog, and he also was like a. He would give very aggressive quotes after games, and I found this out writing the book. Like how much swag old school Denny Crum had. Like he was calling people out left and right. He's calling refs out. He's calling other coaches out. Like he didn't give a bleep. Like he was Denny Crum had some very serious swag in the heyday of Louisville basketball back in the late seventies and the eighties. Hey, on and off the court. On and off the court for sure. Incredible dresser. Great hair. I love Denny. Who doesn't love a roll I love program. Denny so much. Um, okay, all right, there's there enough text. we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll get back into football. We'll, we'll end the show on a we're positive. We're just doing all text, right? Pretty much right there. I mean, we, we're not, we're not going to be able to get to as many. As expected on a Monday after a weekend this big and this topsy-turvy, you, you knew you are going to have a ton of text. We're not going to be able to get to all of these. But we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll shift the conversation back to football. A couple of good positive notes. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll end the way we should, which is celebrating the Wake Forest game. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. It's Halloween, 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 Halloween. 
this over Monster Mash? The removal. Could get Monster Mash? I don't want to be in a pet cemetery. It's like, the, you know, this is like one of their eyes charting songs. Monster Mash. I was working in the lab late one night. Give me Monster Mash. It's Halloween. Give me their moans. And, 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 and they're all gone, too. So, I mean. yeah. Monster Mash. Boris Pickett's dead, too. He just died a couple years ago. <laughs> you know something I learned. I'm no, the monster match of the way. I'm just something I learned just the other day. Their moans actually aren't all brothers. I never thought they were. Why did you think they were? I thought they were just all brothers named Ramon. Oh, it turns out they were all just that was a stage name. Oh, okay. Oh, your mic's been turned off because your stupid Home Alone reference. By the way, they kept it going to the break. You guys were out, <laughs> actively arguing about whether or not you're, Die Hard. Yeah, you're, you're done. Your Christmas mic's done for the rest October of the day. Just, just get it, let it go. Ridiculous, <laughs> absurd. Turn my mic on. No, not just because you said it, I'm turning it off. I got. All right. Before we uh, before we get back into the the, the sports on. talk or the ridiculous talk, reminding you again about our guys over at Air Service. It's gonna get cold again. That heat goes out. Only one place to call. It's 502-264-9662. That's the AirServe phone number. And you want to memorize that because they've got technicians that are available are available for you 24-7, unlike other HVAC companies. If your heat goes out at 3 a.m., can't make it through the night without some help, AirServe's going to have a technician available to come over to your home and fix your problem. Call them directly at 502-264-9662. For other information about what AirServe can offer you, visit them online at airserve.com slash Louisville. That's A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V dot com slash Louisville. Or call them directly again at 502-264-9662. I just have been alerted now. We have, Virginia's been, we've been planning for Daisy Duck all Halloween season. She wore a witch costume once. We had like a spare witch costume that she wanted to wear to the uh, trick or treat at Brown Park. And she's been, you know, Daisy and Donald, Daisy and Donald. John's going to be Donald. Da- she's going to be Daisy. And just now, five o'clock on actual Halloween, she's calling an audible. She is obsessed with Nightmare Before Christmas. She wants to be Jack Skellington now. And she has skeleton pajamas. And Mary's like, I guess the kids are just going to wear their skeleton pajamas. I'm like, fine, whatever. I don't care. Like, be Jack Skellington. <laughs> she calls him Jack the Skeleton. You know, it's so cute as you didn't think this was going to happen. I didn't. I, thought, I knew as soon as you told me, like, at the beginning of the well, show. Well, she wanted to be Sally. She wa- She's like, I'm going to be Sally. I'm going to be Sally. Yeah. I'm like, we don't, we don't have a Sally costume. Oh, I knew it was coming. I mean, I didn't even. I, I, I was, whether you told me now or if you were going to tell me tomorrow that she, I knew that was happening. That, that, have, was, that, was, that was guaranteed. Well, I, I thought Sally would, you know, we didn't. We don't have a Sally costume. There's nothing you can do. But Jack Skellington, you can technically say the skeleton pajamas can be, she calls him Jack the Skeleton, can be Jack Skellington. And so I guess that's what we're going with. So when I get out of here, I'm going to go take Jack Skellington and baby skeleton brother uh, trick-or-treating. It's going to be Do you think it matched to a three-year-old, the semantics of we don't have a costume to match that? Probably not. And do you think think it's going to stop a three-year-old from making the wives who's sitting at home because you're doing radio right now life? Miserable, which is compounding. Probably John to get mad, and we're gonna be okay. We're, yeah. we're gonna be fine. I, I, I Don't knew, get candy. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, I knew it was happening. It's <laughs> gonna be good. Uh, 
Texas, can we get David Levitt on the show this week? Need some Breeders' Cup advice. We may do that on Friday. We'll get, uh, we can get D-Lev on like the old Breeders days. Breeders' Cup is coming up? Breeders' Cup this weekend. Okay. Uh, Friday and Saturday at Keeneland. Big-time races will be going on right. Of course, the Classic going to be happening right when we're playing James Madison football, but that's okay. We'll figure it out. We'll make some money. We can make that happen maybe Thursday night, uh, Thursday on the show. We'll do that. Um, Did we play what Thursday? The Thursday night game is at 7? What, what Thursday night game? Louisville. Oh, the, the Chaminade game. Yes. Yeah. Yes, correct. Seven. Okay. So I forget, like I said, we have St. X we have to, is playing that night, which we have on Airways. Actually, we'll have on 94.7 because we've got uh, IU playing their exhibition game that night, too. Hmm. Just and, across the waiver, by the way, across the wire, Arizona's Courtney Ramey. I forgot. Courtney Ramey's now at Arizona. 17th different school. Uh, must serve a three-game NCAA suspension to begin the season as a result of playing in the Portsmouth Invitational. The Texas transfer averaged 9.4 points per game last season. Courtney okay. Ramey. Courtney Ramey. Hmm. Do we do the thing now where it's like, I'm glad we didn't get him? We didn't need him. Didn't need him. Courtney Ramey's old enough to play on Athletes in Action. God, he really, <laughs> he really would be. I, that's, why, that's why we can't have Athletes in Action because half the team's still can't play college basketball now. <laughs> I, I'm trying to – I wanted to get some more Texas football. Like, all of them are just – people talking about the basketball team and being upset about it so of course we, we we have like seven minutes here i do like this one though scott's d coming in slash i mean to a city near you <laughs> um the scott's d i mean we gonna, are we gonna, are we gonna go with a name change like are we gonna go with uh sackville Ooh, i like that a little bit i mean we, we got we've got to, we've got to do something to embrace this defense the way it's played last month or even this year in general, in terms of the pressure it's been able to get on quarterback. I mean, it's not just we're number one in sacks. We're also number two in interceptions. I mean, like, Sackerfield. Okay, <laughs> getting better. Yeah, I mean, better than Saxville. Yeah, because Saxville comes. That's too much off Jacksonville. Because Jacksonville does it's like Saxonville, which yeah, is a lot better than that. Is a little, yeah, way better. Yeah, well, you got to come up. Some, but we, there should be something we could combine Bill with to like in a defensive manner. Yeah, I texted you all during the game. Scott Steed just keeps on scoring. Oh, Scott, yeah. Scott Steed knows how to score. It's, it's all he knows how to do. It, it's not going to get out. You want it out of your face. Scott Steed's not going to take his no <laughs> out of your face. I almost, almost made it more graphic than it was supposed to I mean, like the text I said earlier, and I mentioned Scott Steed brings that O. Scott Steed brings the O. Uh, currently, if you're looking for stat ranks, number one in the country in sacks per game, number two in the country in interceptions, number three in red zone stop percentage, uh, number seven in tackles for loss per game, they're number 23 now in scoring defense, only allow, allowing 20.3 points per game. I mean, these are, can you believe we're talking about the defense in these terms? And then you look at the offensive numbers and it's like, okay, well, not. By the way, Scott's D t shirts, those are the type of thing you find at Spencer's Gifts. That's exactly <laughs> what you're, you go to find at Spencer's Gifts. If they sold a Scott's D t shirt, I would make my Spencer's debut. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> our offense, by the way, ranks like in the bottom 50 in pretty much everything besides, I think. Tackles for lo- for loss allowed per game were number thirty five. Everything else is below fifty. Woo! What an offense! Yeah, rushing offense were twenty eighth. I take it back. Well, that's because that's our primary thing. Passing well. offense ninetieth. Red zone touchdown right. percentage one hundred six. Then we knew that was bad. Which shouldn't be when you have a quarterback that's quote unquote Mister Athletic. You should not have a bad red zone offense. It's like we've been saying for the last three years. If this offense can just pick it up a little bit, this defense can carry them to an eight or nine win season, right? <laughs> We love Brian Brown. How much do we lose off this defense going into next year, though? Uh, we'll lose a decent amount. You're losing a, a lot. Aren't, aren't we losing most of the defensive line? A defensive line, though, by the way, is looking as good as it has been in years and doesn't have the guy from Arizona State that's supposed to be the Mr. Right. Jermaine Lole is supposed yeah. to be the, the huge difference maker. Mr. Mr. Big Difference Maker. And we don't. We, we saw him for 
What, two snaps? At <laughs> that. I mean, you will. I mean, I don't know what his plans are. He made it seem like when he got hurt that he was going to come back. You will have next year Des Telly starting at nose tackle in his place, who's been very good, is only a sophomore. Ashton Gelada, who's been very good, is only a sophomore. Um, you'll lose Yasir Abdullah, which is going to suck because lose. he's awesome. Yaya Diaby will be gone. Those, well, and that's those are your two biggest losses. Those are your two big guys for sure. You're you're losing basically all your linebackers because yeah. Sonogo is a grad transfer from Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. This is his last year, so he'll be gone. Um, you do. I mean, Ben Perry, I think, has been very, very good playing that dog position. He's just a redshirt freshman. He'll be very good. Uh, Trey Clark probably gone. After this year, he's got a year of eligibility. I would not be shocked at all if he tried to make a jump. Um, Kendrick Duncan is is definitely gone. Minkins is only a sophomore. Uh, Brownlee's only a sophomore. Chandler Jones, who's been playing a lot, is a senior. So, you, I mean, you're going to lose a significant amount, but you're hoping that you, the guys that you you will bring back are going to be a great experience, and then maybe you throw some of these younger guys that are coming into the fire, and it can be a good mix. But, yeah, you, you get, the defensive line should be good. The linebackers are going to be where you're going to have to find yeah, some because, guys. Yeah, because I mean the defense, the, the defensive, the, the improved air quote defensive play of the defensive backfield has mostly been a result of the pressure getting on quarterbacks and them having to make bad decisions too quickly. Yeah, I mean July's been great. Yeah. Destel's been great. You'll have him back. Perrier's been good coming off the bench. You'll also have um, um, Mason Rigger, who got a scholarship before the year and has been very very good. But the linebackers, yeah, you're. I mean, we ha- we haven't seen a whole lot of the backups there. Dorian Jones has played a little bit. He's been okay. Uh, KJ Cloyd played in in spots the last few weeks. But m- for the most part, the guys making an impact at that spot have been Abdullah, Diaby, Montgomery, Sonogo, mm, yep. and they're all gone. So that's going to be that's going to be a big hole to fill. I like that we tried to shift into positive football talk at the end, and it ends up being like we're going to lose so many guys. Yeah, this I great mean, we defense. Are. I mean, it's it's. It's going to be interesting. Where are you? Because, you know, we've both been down. I think you more than I have about this team you know, since the start of the season. Let's talk football or basketball? Football. Okay. Well, basketball. We're, when we, you say down, we know yeah. where everybody I mean, is. We've got to be somewhat right specific at this point. <laughs> What's it going to take for you to be like, not just, I think, Satterfield staying, but Satterfield staying, and I'm enthusiastic about the future? Is it going to take eight wins? Yeah. So we need to go three and three and one down the stretch for you. Yeah, and that would be I, I would I would accept the loss to be at Clemson only. We got to be Kentucky. It's not, it's not even it's not even three wins. Which three it is? No, it is James Madison, NC State, Kentucky. What if we just what what if we beat Clemson but lose to Kentucky? I find it hard to believe that you can't beat you can't beat you can beat Clemson but you can't beat Kentucky. Well, I mean, I find it Clemson's, hard that we can beat Clemson's Wake Forest team. but we can't beat Boston College. So that's not <laughs> not really the way it works. Touche. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if we go three and one but our only loss is to Kentucky, we're eight and four. You're still out on set. I'm not as out, but I'd be more out. I'd, I'd be I'd be happier if I got those three and and Kentucky was one of them. I still say, and I know that this is going to become a, a debate, the, the, especially if we beat James Madison. I still say UK is. Oddly, more important for Satterfield than Clemson is because it's, it's the last game, and you can't over. I mean, hell, everybody listening to this, whether you're a UK, UFL fan, you know what I'm talking about. Beating your rival matters almost as much in this rivalry as like any other in the country. It, it can tank your career if you cannot beat UK or you cannot beat Louisville. And for Satterfield, those two games, those two embarrassing losses to UK, have defined his first three seasons as much as anything else. And if you can just get over that hump and beat a UK team, even though it would be a a win over a UK team that probably would not finish the season in the top 25 as opposed to a win over a Clemson team oh, that's that's probably head to the playoff. Yeah, you, it you, would mean more. You try to tell that to anyone outside of the city of Louisville it, or city of Kentucky. It means to Nashville, it's they maddening. would say you're high on crack. Was, I think it's high on crack, you, but I get it. You, there's no way you think of not beating a top, te- top five team on the road 
is as good is, is not as good as beating a a probably an unranked top twenty five an unranked team on the road. You're you're an idiot. You're a moron. You're 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 a buffoon. I'm like I'd be you, you don't I, live I understand, in but you don't get it. You don't get it. I mean, it's I still think it's silly, but I get it. If he had gone two and zero against UK in those first two games, my answer would be different. And I know that sounds insane. But if he were 2-0 against UK and did not need that victory to call the portion of the fan base, then I would say a million times out of a million the Clemson win. More important. And I still am kind of torn. I don't, I don't think it's cut and dry. But I think it being the last game of the year, the way the last two have gone, getting that victory would mean so much to this fan base, especially the portion that has been very hard on him, that, man, not just lost be great to get it. competed with Kentucky. We haven't been close. Because he's competed with Clemson. Kind you of. had Clemson to a degree last year almost beat. Should have won. And, and, and maybe if Malik doesn't get hurt because and, and, he's playing so well that game, then maybe we do win that game. Who knows? But, I mean, you've never competed with Kentucky. No. All right, uh, we, we got to get out of here. I got to go trick-or-treating. Monday Night Football, we got Bengals and Browns, the Battle of Ohio. Intern Patrick, who you got? Bengals winning cover. Trevor, who you got? What's the line? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Browns plus three. Thank you. Browns plus three. It's at Cleveland, right? Yes. Uh. Cincinnati does winning cover, yeah. I'm with all three of you. Oh, two but, of you. but you, I need 36 <laughs> points out of out of Hunt and Cooper combined. Well, that's, yeah, it's asking a lot. Thanks, thanks, Derek Carr, with your 1.6 points this weekend. Uh, Bengals fans, best Bottom. of luck to you. Everybody else, enjoy the Halloween festivities tonight. We're back here tomorrow at three o'clock. Go Cards. Phillies win too. Go Halloween. Oh yeah, baseball's still going on. Go right? Phillies. One one. We'll see Go you Phillies. See you guys Syndergaard's tomorrow. gonna shove. There you go, Rocky. It caught on in a flash. Give me a thing. Come on. He did the monster There we go. Don't be cheap on candies, people. To the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the monster mash. They did the monster mash.